0: Shirt Show. Alright, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking shirt! Shirt show! Talking shirt! Shirt show! Shirt show! All right. Episode 116 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Rodney from DLH Screenprint in Oregon.
1: Yeah, so there's no uh, power or internet at the shop, so I had to set up at home.
2: Why that happened again? There's a storm or something? Yeah. Right now? It's a storm? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm sort of over the excuses, so anyway, cheers. Hello? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. All right. You know, I don't want to hear excuses. I just want to hear apologies.
1: Okay, I'm sorry you're such a dickhead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but hey, you look good, and we're here. Yeah, thanks. Hey, uh, I like check, check. Are we? Are we recording? Hey, oh, shit. can you hear me, bud?
1: Hey, you look really sexy in that shirt,
0: that New York Tea
2: Club shirt. Look at that thing. It's nice yeah. and soft. Yeah, check it. Super soft, and it's yeah, straight. See like your nipples. When I when I. <laughs> Uh, took it out of the bag which by the way this bag is a beauty it is compostable see that Mm -hmm. so it's good for the environment and Mm -hmm. the shirt is comfy and oh yeah i was saying i took it out of the bag and i the first thing i do is i'm curious is is it straight or is it crooked what -hmm. do they what do they do up there at upstate and it's fucking fucking straight it's like straight as an arrow
1: you you never
2: know it's whoever printed it did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. A couple other stickers, okay. all kinds of goodies. Oh, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we get started, I thought it would be cool. We do this every once in a while, but could everyone show a little bit of love? Whether it's on YouTube, look, we have like five, six hundred views every week. Billion, um, billion views. <laughs> yeah, and there's. Generally, like one like, or two, or maybe ten. It'd be cool if you oh, just me. smash. Is that what they say? Go over there and make love to that. Yes, yeah, like makes, button.
1: if you could make sweet, sweet love.
2: <laughs> um, and also, I I just checked, and we have on Apple Podcasts sixty-eight reviews. Sorry, sixty-eight. What's it called? Sixty-eight. Reviews, yeah, where they give you a star mm-hmm. rating or something. And yeah. on Spotify, there's like 60-some too. If you could just – like if you're shy and you don't want to um, comment, you could just give us um, a rating. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Yep. Um, there's way more listeners than there share, are. Share um, us on your
1: uh, stories on Instagram.
2: Yeah, do that kind of stuff. You know what I am uh, – It's free. Letting, though... It doesn't
1: cost you anything. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, two seconds of your life. That's all. all right. And what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, there's a lot of comments on our, you know how you've been posting uh, a few days ago, like, hey, here's our next guest and mm-hmm. you have any questions for them. That's really good. Like there's a ton of people asking questions. So that's that's exciting. So that's all. Just, just a quickie about love. Mm-hmm.
1: You look like, uh-oh. Like rejuvenated and healthy and like beautiful today.
2: Oh, thank you. Well You
1: got that little bit of hair swoosh in your hat.
2: <laughs> well it's um I'll tell you, I got very, very little sleep, probably maybe five that's what hours. It is. That's it. I had yep. to yeah, that's the that's the ticket because mm-hmm. I what did I do? Oh I had to wake up and take my mom to the airport because she's going to New York.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: I uh uh <laughs> yeah, you services. shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> You don't say anything. You She's expensive. <laughs> well, I guess that's I guess that's nice. That's a compliment. Um, yeah, so I had to take her to the airport, and, you know, that means I had to get up early and all that stuff. So I didn't get much sleep. So I stopped by the old Starbucks on the way here. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious, and so maybe that's it. I have some energy. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know what it is? I figured it out. It's the shirt. Mm-hmm. Look at that thing.
1: It fits so good.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I worked out today. Maybe that's it I I have not uh,
1: mm. risen and grinded uh today. Yeah. I'm not I'm on the go rise for a and walk.
0: grind.
2: I'm gonna go um, for a walk
1: after uh after this podcast if it's not stormy.
2: If it is, maybe yeah. I'll roll a little bit. Did you say row? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You have a little rower, huh? Mm -hmm. That's hard. Mm. I think that's incredibly hard.
1: I know I'm late, but give me a quickie. How was your week?
2: Oh, uh, week was good. Um, (laughs) I told this to you, I think that, you know, how on our, uh, I think it was the last episode or maybe the episode about your new hire. Yes. And we took a vote. Like Survivor, and it was unanimous, and that person stayed. Well, Um, on, I don't know what it was. I think it was Tuesday. All of a sudden, uh, one of the press operators came up and said, Hey, my dryer catcher's driving away.
1: (laughs) Can you please tell the whole story? (laughs) No, no, I can't.
2: I don't (laughs) think I should. The whole story is so good. Well, anyway, it's... Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Yeah. So, but we've got a new person starting uh, just in time Monday. Got their onboarding stuff all printed out like I'm prepared, you know, like I did my homework and stuff like that, you know, like Mm -hmm. a pro. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday, my, uh, the alarm kept going off here. Like uh, it was a front motion. And if anything happens, call, uh, call the authorities, would you send Mm -hmm. them help save me? I'll let your mom know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fuck you motherfucker oh <laughs> that's terrible oh my I, god I i'm about to be oh my god. <laughs> i'm sorry mom she's a she's like such a sweet lady
1: yeah um, she just right. tastes like candy
2: okay that's enough you good <laughs> good
1: I, you keep Forget. fucking teeing them up for me
2: <laughs> how was your week
1: Honestly, I don't remember it. Um,
2: That means it was good.
1: It was great, yeah. Mm -hmm. It really was good. Okay. Just a normal week. I feel like I was at my desk a lot. Um, We got a lot of cool jobs printed. And I think I just got a lot of shit organized and ready to go. I feel like I just did a lot of managerial shit this week. Mm. Mm. Like a boss. Real riveting, yeah.
2: Okay, just give me one thing that happened. One... Like, did you have a, um, did you barbecue Wednesday, Wednesday barbecue? I
1: did on Friday.
2: Okay. What'd you, wh- why Friday? What happened? Why not Wednesday?
1: Uh, we had a couple staff out this week and I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure everyone was going to be there and everyone was there on Friday. So we did it on Friday. Okay. Um,
2: what was on the menu? Same.
1: Oh, what did we make, we made hot dogs, and hamburgers, nothing crazy.
2: I um, just bought some hot dogs. Today. No, yesterday yes. a trader. Well, oh, that's a given. That's normal. And you know on the back, you know what it said? It had boiling instructions. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it would.
1: It's the best way, obviously.
2: <laughs> oh shit, he's here, and we've got and we have one to do minute. A sponsor. We gotta get going on this. So mm-hmm. so 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 let's do that. F-f-f-f-Frank! It all starts with the screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com. F F F F F
1: rank.com or great fucking screens.com. It's fucking pouring outside.
2: I thought I heard something. I I just thought it was like air, like, uh, what's windy? it called? Like feedback or something.
1: No, hmm. I can close the windows. If it's loud.
2: No, it's good. I think it's okay. It's All right. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you and your team keep your shop clean. Check them out at EasyWay.com. EasyWay.
1: It's the easiest way.
2: Action engineering. I sounded like I was from New York, kind (laughs) of. Yeah. So they make all kinds of accessories printers need. They have got pallet rubber, squeegee rubber. Right here. Mm. I just ordered a 10 pack and I wanted to what show is that? you
1: what duro you got there.
2: Right there, triple. And it's yeah, the but old... what is it? Can you read it? No. Why not? 629062s? Yes. Look, they have all sorts of things besides that. You can go to actionengineering.com to have a look. And um I don't know. Say say hi.
1: Go buy some shit from there. Exactly. It's all really good stuff.
2: Monarch Color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink better, print better, be better. Live moss. Monarch. Monarch. So 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 um graphic source. Yes. Mm-hmm. Look, could your shop use a little or a lot of help in the art department? Either way, go Anyone's. to I'm sorry?
1: Everyone's shop needs a little help in the art department here and there. I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm.
2: Like they you know, somebody comes along with a shirt, or I'm sorry, some art, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't, I just don't want to do it. Maybe you just, maybe you can do it, but you don't want to.
1: That's what we've done. We've been too bogged down with a mm-hmm. lot of sim process stuff. We'll send some of it out to Graphic Source.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: Just, just comes a little back, help, you know?
2: So either way, I don't know if I said this or not, either way, go to 1-900, did that sound right? I think I said that wrong. Nope, One. Doing good dot hotstuff.com. hotstuff.com. Get in touch with Nick or Lucas and get that art flowing. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Chromaline, and you have that tip on your phone. But before you read it and while you're getting it queued up, I got something in the mail. Me too. I don't think they gave you anything. Did they you did get it some was- swag? Yes, I did. Well, they told me it was just for me.
1: Well, they lied right to your face.
2: Look what it is. It's a beautiful beer glass. And guess what? Nobody claimed it. And all you had to do was go to their website and I can't remember, like, say something.
1: Say I was beautiful.
2: And then you get one of these. Nobody did. Mm -hmm. So I have them now. And apparently you do too. If somebody wants one of these, comment on YouTube.
1: Best comment on YouTube gets a glass.
2: Hell yeah. That sounds fair, right? Also, mm. there's something else in here that we can send. I'll even send... Oh, yeah. Look, I'll even send a couple of these guys. Paddling sticks for your dirty room. <laughs> I got three um, <laughs> paddling sticks for the dirty room. And mm-hmm. then I've got uh, a Lupe. I don't know. No, what is this? Yeah. Got a little... yeah. Okay. A little loop. So, um, comment, and guess what? Let's make friends down there. You know why? Because I'll, I comment down there when mm-hmm. I see somebody comment. I'll say something. Yeah. Let's we'll start a conversation. And, um, yeah, let's let's talk. Let's chat. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think that's, oh, wait. So, all right, you've got your tip, right?
1: Yeah. Here, let me read it.
2: Okay. Chrome Align
1: Tippy Tip. Uh, screens cannot be too clean. The last step of reclaim should always be degreasing your screens. This removes any of the oil-based chemicals off and prepares the mesh so the emulsion adheres the best. In addition, it's best to use a garden hose when rinsing the degreaser off instead of a pressure washer. With a garden hose, the water will cascade down the mesh and thoroughly rinse the degreaser off with ease.
2: Yeah, so the key word there, cascade. Cascade. Mm-hmm. you know you want it to just cascade like
1: it's the best way to um just to say the definition of cascade is to cascade <laughs> Who who's our guest today Mud?
2: today we are talking with rodney kuda from don't lose hope screenprint in salem oregon okay yeah sure i'm getting this photo ready so when rodney comes on I can impress him.
1: Um, look at that fucking thing.
2: Hello? It's
1: like a caterpillar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry we're late. No, it's all good. It's, um, it's one of our faults. Who do you think <laughs> <might> <laughs> would it be? Well,
3: I don't know. Dylan doesn't look like he's mm-hmm. in a shop, so Mm-mm. Mm-mm. maybe he had to change recording locations. Yeah,
1: I had to uh, run home. It's storming, and there's no power at the shop, and uh, we might lose power here. So, cool. We'll see how it goes. All right.
2: Yeah. Neat. I was getting ready to tell a story about uh, my internet because we've had some internet issues, and I don't know. Maybe eight years ago was probably the last time I have. Um, I have this original modem that Spectrum provides mm-hmm. and it's been eight years so they don't even they haven't installed that modem they, the guy when he was here told me that they haven't even given anybody that modem for eight years and so uh, here is it I like have... cream colored <laughs> no it's uh it's, it's black, like that old but... cream
1: plastic that like mm-hmm. all pcs were made out of the
3: old computer speakers. yeah you would think
2: but it mm-hmm. it is like it anyway it was i think you you know there's only a, there's like a limit on how fast it can go and i paid Spectrum to upgrade my server, so like, oh yeah, you're good. You know, we're gonna we got 200 meg going to your shop now, and I'm like, well, that's that that's gonna work. That's gonna be fantastic. Well,
3: your modem probably can't process that. It wasn't. It
2: it can't, and also it's old, (laughs) and also, um, they lied to me for for lots of years for the five. Well, timeout, and so I, I've noticed that when we've been recording ever since we've been with Riverside, it's just been it's been like hard, it's been a hassle, and. (laughs) and the i can hardly see anybody and like it cuts out and it tells me i have low i have internet problems and all that kind of stuff so called them they came out upgraded have this new badass uh modem and when he was here this is why i'm mentioning this whole story is that uh we upgraded service to 600 and by the way i've got 672.91 can you see that all right there you go no, I don't know. So that's fast. Flexing. And then um, the <laughs> part of the problem, and uh, you may want to check this, is that they had, so um, the, the, the cable that was coming in, the coax that was coming into the building, was uh, feeding through a filter that they used to have to filter out channels. You know, like if you, let's say like you had porno. cable. <laughs> yeah, like, so so that you can only get so many channels or whatever. It would there was a filter on there, and he's like, that filter is so old that it's it's probably contributing to your.
1: So you weren't getting the good stuff.
2: No, but now I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, he just awesome. took the filter out through it.
1: And tell me your mood. I'm surprised that filter didn't filter out Rodney's mustache. <laughs>
3: i just like filters. Dude, first days. of all,
1: first of all, your fucking name is Rodney Kuda and you have that mustache and that shirt on. How are you not like Magnum PI? <laughs> uh, like,
3: I get that fucking a lot. Save
1: some pussy for the I, rest <laughs> of us.
3: <laughs> I walked into a thrift shop, uh, like, I don't know, last weekend or two weekends ago. And just dude, an uh, average thrift shop employee just from across the store was like, Oh my God, it's Tom Selleck. Everybody like, and just like <laughs> went off. And I was like, thanks man i'm just trying to look at some old furniture but cool yeah
1: (laughs) well i get it i mean it's like a it's like a thick good mustache you know what i mean like i have a i have a mustache but it's not like yours looks like like an old school black comb on your upper (laughs) lip that's what looks like
3: the the broom handle or push broom style kind of what i'm going for but like down here is the the joe dirt style facial hair and Mm, none of this grows in so i don't know you know, I'd probably be more like you, here. but like, yeah, none of this grows in at all. So like Andy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. what's going on,
1: man? How's uh, how's your Sunday?
3: Sunday's good. Just uh, went and did like my old man stuff, like went for a walk and um, just hung out with my lady and went to oh, yeah. uh, our downtown and got like breakfast sandwich and then came here to the shop and just did some tidying. we're pretty busy this week so just did some shop stuff
1: yeah what's uh what's new with you for you guys it was it you're getting a new shop or you're moving
3: or what are you doing we we have moved um so we moved uh around well, we took like we took possession of the space in January this year, but we didn't start working out of it until about March, and so we've okay. been here since. But it was a lot of things all at once. So we not only had to go to a new shop, but we had the auto show up. So it was just a lot all at one time that we weren't quite planning for. But things are running a little bit better now. So, that's so you,
1: so you were in a space before this, and you had what just manuals.
3: Yeah. So my last shop was, um, yeah, it's just a warehouse shop kind of hidden back, you know, off the beaten path. Had two manuals, eight foot dryer. And then we were planning on staying there for a while and ended up like actually ordering the auto kind of suited for that space. But then got noticed that the building was going to be like sold or Something along those lines to where we kind of had to get out of our lease, which was cool. Like they let us out of the lease, but we had to um, end up finding a new location. So, yeah.
1: How fast was that notice?
3: So, the notice was, uh, was, was plenty of time. So, that was right around the holidays last year. And they gave us notice that we would have until about this time this year. So, we could have up until August of this year but Mm -hmm. with our auto slated at that time to show up in like February or March, that made it kind of hard to, uh, you had to hurry up. (laughs) Yeah. So it was either find something immediately, uh, or have the auto delivered installed in our current location and then have to move it within a few months, which that
1: would would suck. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be horrible.
3: Didn't want to do that. So,
1: (laughs) So how how did you come about the new space then?
3: Uh, new space, we like really lucked out. So it's about 2,500 square feet with like a showroom and it's on like a main road. And then we have um, like a 300 square foot office upstairs. And there's some other offices upstairs and like a just had some friends move in. Have a tattoo studio, which is cool. But we just kept looking around on on Craigslist and things like that, and ultimately came across this space. And the building owner was really cool. He gave it to us for a really good price for how much traffic it gets. Uh, it just needed a lot of work. So that was the, the yeah. downfall.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you guys do a lot of that work already, or is it something you're going to gradually work on?
3: So we've been working on it, but like for example, the main production shop was all carpet and so we ended up having to like rip up the carpet we had to uh you know grind down all the glue i probably took some years off my life doing that um
1: did, did you do it or you yeah. hired someone else
3: no i I've, I've done almost everything uh so i did that and then awesome. yeah so then we ended up we couldn't figure out like what flooring to do so we ended up like staining the concrete because we couldn't get all the glue up so it wasn't like perfect for like painting or doing like you know lvt or something like that so we ended up just um staining the concrete and putting down like a clear coat so it's actually a really nice floor now but so things like that for those um,
2: for those who are you know um looking for a shop or getting ready to get into uh, a lease how did you work that so how did you structure that lease were you going to like when you signed that lease, was it your responsibility to do that build out, you know, like pull the carpet and, and sand the floors and paint it? Or I, um, did he discount that rent at all because you were going to do that? Or did he pay for any of it or he or she? the landlord? Yeah.
3: So um, he, uh, him and I negotiated for a little while. Um, the one thing that was kind of helpful is I had been looking and this place had been listed for a while and it was an old like appliance store that closed down during the pandemic. So it just hadn't found a new tenant yet. And uh, so in talking with them, I was able to kind of negotiate a lot of um, work that they would cover with rent credits. So um, because it had
1: been empty for serve, he was in need.
3: Yeah. He, I don't know that he was in need to be honest. Like he, he, he rents it for a pretty fair price in my opinion. And he just, I think wanted somebody to get in to the building and just kind of, start getting some cash flow from that. But like I said, the building needed a lot of work. So I was able to get him to, you know, cover basically like materials. So like for the floor, for like, we painted a bunch of the inside. We painted the exterior like two weekends ago. So he paid for all of that stuff. And then um, a few other things, like we had to redo all the electrical. So the building is really cool because it has... 400 amps, three-phase, but that was all, like, up in this front utility closet, and the actual shop area just had, like, a couple 110 outlets, so what we ended up doing was splitting the panel up front in half, putting a 200-amp panel up front for all of the accessory stuff, and then moving a new line back to the back for 200 amps to power all the equipment. So I was able to get him to you know cover a lot of that like about half of that and then also some other things like windows and doors that we put in so yeah trying to it's negotiate pretty awesome that for a landlord best to have
1: somebody like that come in
2: yeah and... i know and so you said rent credit so you mean like he gave you free rent for a few months or just discounted your rent for a while how did how did that work
3: yeah so we had like a set certain amount like per thing. So how much you would pay for paint, how much you would pay for electrical service, how much you would pay for um putting in like we had to put in a door to get our auto in. Um so all of those he kind of just saw as like improving the building for, you know, potential future tenants or anything like that. We signed a five year lease, but um yeah he 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 knew that we were gonna make the building a much better place overall. So Basically, I had a set number of things that we agreed upon up front, and once we completed each task, then the rent credit was applied.
1: Nice. So, uh, are you noticing a big difference in how you guys are operating between the last shop and this shop? I mean, other than having the auto, or is it?
3: Yeah, it's been a lot. Business as usual. No, it's it's not business as usual. Um, I've been like a one man, one and a half man show for so long, and. Now I have five people uh, that have basically started since you know about six or seven months ago. So we've grown pretty substantially in that amount of time, and just having That's to a lot figure of people out, all at once. Yeah, it's scary and stressful all the time. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where do they go? Like, so
2: there are production people and also office people. Who? What kind of roles do they have?
3: Yeah. So, um. Prior to here, it was myself, and then one of my best friends was like my printer. Like after his day job, he'd come in after work, and I'd like set things up for him throughout the day, and then he would just print them. But now he's kind of graduated into my like what I'm calling like production coordinator or production manager role. And then so he's here full time now. So he quit his day job, he's here full time, and then I have a couple production people, so I hired a full-time press op, a full-time uh, production like assistant who helps out with on press, and then also does a lot of like our relabeling. So we do a lot of relabeling and things like that. So he helps out with those things, and then um, the other one is my my girlfriend. Actually, she has been helping out a lot, and so she almost full time is doing a lot of our. Um, like admin, sales, emailing, things like that.
1: So when you were back at the other shop, you <clears throat> you had this this much work that kind of you're filling with now. Where you just hired five people to do, and you were doing it with one man, or you just kind of like went hard when you got to the new place. Just went
3: really hard. Really, um, <laughs> we <laughs> we uh, I was doing a lot of stuff by myself, but we were just like you know it would take me a little bit longer to do things and I always like prided myself on like fast turnarounds but this was taking a lot longer um, at that time and then we did mm-hmm. come across a couple clients that are kind of like like preferred contract clients so like, we don't do like official contract work but uh, they were giving us like started to give us like pretty high volume and I'd already purchased the auto because that was kind of a like a way of life or like a quality of life improvement that I needed because I'd been manually yeah. printing for 15 years and it was just over pulling squeegees. So the auto was already on order at that point. But yeah, along with the new move and some of those new clients, like our volume is like skyrocketed.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Is it? Is it stuff that you guys went out for or is it... You said you have a couple kind of contract-preferred customers or...?
3: Yeah, so, like, one, for example, is a this company I actually used to, to work for. They do... Um, it's, like, an outdoor clothing brand, um, for, like, geared towards, like, the fishing industry. And they were mm-hmm. doing... It's kind of, There's kind of, like, a long story, but they were, like, at one point screen printing everything. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, they had to let everybody go... And it was just the owner and I think at the time, like their manager and they were ended up going to transfers. So they were transferring everything because they just couldn't actually, they didn't have the ability to continue screen printing with two people, but they had enough business and they were doing enough sales, but their model is like on demand. So they just, they couldn't keep up with screen printing. So they got rid of all that equipment and just bought some air fusions and they just transferred everything, and then kind of coming like out of the pandemic, they didn't want to keep doing transfers. They knew that it's not what they wanted to do, and now they're doing so much volume that transfers just didn't make sense anymore. So they approached what kind me of transfers about transfers.
1: Were they using? Do you know?
3: Uh, Versa Trans, like printed transfers. Okay. So just uh, screen printed transfers. So they're like really good quality, and they do work really well, but. It just kind of came to a point where they wanted to get back to screen prints and there's you know just more that we can do with a print
1: it's just funny because more and more on-demand places are going back again like i feel like it was dtg or uh, like a screen print transfer but it was difficult to to mess around with and then people started going back to screen printing for it because of the quality and then now dtf is coming back or coming in and people are going back to transfers again
3: Yeah. With like Um, the, with like the screen prints for them, it's like, you know, they kind of missed having the option to do like a soft hand feel or, you know, mm -hmm. something that's, you know, super detailed or like matte finishes or specialty stuff. Like, you know, they wanted to get back into that.
1: Mm -hmm. Makes sense.
2: So um, you said that you, you hired, uh, you know, these five people did, the press op for example were they experienced or did did you train them how does do you have a lot like of people in your your city to to choose from i mean how does that work for you
3: so that was I, i can honestly say that was just like luck of the draw uh there is some shops in our town there's a few that were kind of around for a long time and closed down during the pandemic there's nothing that's like a i would consider like a a crazy large operation here. That's more slightly north. We're like a, an hour south of Portland, and Portland has uh, you know, some huge shops. But um, I was just really lucky. Like I had got the auto, got it up and running, and I'd printed some of the orders. And I was starting to train. Who became my my production manager? He was going to become you know my main printer. I started to train him on the auto. He didn't have any auto experience. I had auto experience from another shop that I worked at previously. So I was able to, to pick it up pretty quick, but uh, we just needed a little bit more help. And I just put some feelers out there and there was a, a gentleman, his name's Juan, and he was working at another shop in town. And he, is, he had printed at a contract shop in, in a different town for like 10, 15 years almost. And he was working at that shop and he just needed more hours. So he started helping out for, I don't know, it was like two weeks And I was like, okay, cool. This guy like knows his stuff, super helpful. He's coming in, he's working like morning shift over there and then coming in for a couple hours in the afternoon. And I was like, okay, this is like a good flow. And then he came to me and said, hey, um, they're letting me go at the other shop because they don't have enough work for me. And I need like full-time work right now. And so that was super stressful. I, I knew that... I had at least like with what we had lined up, I was like, dude, I can, I can bring you on for, you know, a month or two. So you're not, cause he was like, just like a no two week notice or anything like that. And I was like, dude, I can help you out for at least a little while and we'll kind of see what happens. And then that was like, you know, four months ago. So we're, we're, we're staying plenty busy and he's, he's happy. So, but he's, he's a guru and he super thankful for him. So,
1: yeah. I feel like that's the hardest part is when you, you get an opportunity with somebody to hire them and you're kind of hoping it works out and you have enough work to keep them. Yeah. Um, and, and then you went ahead and hired five people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of like lit, <laughs> you know, it was kind of when we brought him on, he was like the first like hire outside of, you know, my, my friend, who's Jason, by the way, if I say his name, uh, he was our first hire outside of Jason and I just saw like how good he was and how talented he was. And I was like, if I can't keep him here, like he's going to go somewhere else. Like he's going to have to, cause he, you know, he has a family he needs to provide for. But I was like, I really want him to be here. So it just, that's where that kind of brought in my girlfriend, helping me with trying to get more clients and more business and kind of grow relationships with our current clients. And so it, it, It's been good, but yeah, it's, it's been a little stressful.
2: I mean, I think that's a a big deal for, for a lot of shops really, because I don't know, there's been, um, when somebody comes along and like, like this, like Juan did, Mm -hmm. or when somebody comes here and applies and they have experience or, or maybe they just have a great attitude or something like that, even if we don't need them right then, you almost want to take them on because it's. I mean, right now, right. It's, you know, like it's super hard to find. Cause somebody, it's hard right? to come so, by.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Listening to your guys's, you know, podcasts. Like I, I have heard there was like a period not too long ago where you guys were both kind of struggling to bring people in. And it was like, well, I was is, just I like, like f- envisioning when... that. And I was like, Oh my God, if I don't take him now, like I'm not going to find a printer. <laughs> so what do I do then? The Probably. thing is,
1: even when it's good, like even when you have a flow of people that could come work for you, it's still hard to find a good one. You know what I mean? You could yeah. you could do fifty interviews and you never know if that person's attitude or whatever is gonna align with mm. everyone else in the shop. So if you have an opportunity to get someone where you're like, Yeah, I know this is this dude's gonna work out really well. It's almost like you need to just take a risk and jump on it and
3: yeah, find well, work for them. Absolutely. Yeah, that that that's literally what I just kept telling I mean, myself and I was like I I I'm gonna have to, to make this work.
2: I mean, even if you can't come up with a full 40 hours, so what? I mean, let's say you have right. 30 hours and there's 10 hours where they don't have work to do. But, you know, I, I don't know what you're, you're paying them, but it's so worth it just to go ahead and pay that, you know, just pay right. the, so that they have their 40 hours. Just pay it because it may – well, you may not ever find the right person. I mean, so – so I don't yeah, know.
3: Yeah, just the auto experience um, was, was oh, yeah. key because there's there's not like I said, there's not a lot of shops in town that have an auto. Um, there was that one and maybe one other one, and then that one just closed. So I knew that the chances of finding somebody with that experience was low, and I know that there's like kind of a it's kind of like a two sided thing there because sometimes you would like to just be able to train people your way, um, but. Mm-hmm. I, I learned so much from him, even having my own auto experience. I learned so much from him in the first like two weeks that I was like, this guy's invaluable.
1: That's awesome. So speaking of that, how, how did you get started in this whole thing? You said you've been doing it for, what, 15 years now?
3: Yeah, 15 years. Um, so it's kind of a semi-long story, but I'll try to make it... <laughs> as flow give us the good parts <laughs> yeah flow as easy as I can it's not that it's long but there's a lot of like offshoots in my life uh, I started screen printing in high school and so there was like a graphic design class in my high school and your like final project was make a t-shirt and they had like a small little Vastex press with using like capillary film and so that's what um, kind of like sparked my interest I was like oh wow this is super cool I was like instantly hooked and I decided I was going to try to find a job printing. So I uh, rode my bike around town and I found a print shop. And it was just weird because I'd never like paid attention to what screen printing was. Like I had never known that that was a thing. And then, you know, I started seeing like screen printing, like these different places in town. And so I found a place and I just walked in and said, hey, like I've printed like a couple shirts. Do you like need help? <laughs> And it was it was just kind of happenstance. He was like, like when can you start? And I said, um, like whenever. And he's like, you can like right now. And I was like, sure. <laughs> so I, uh, I I started right away. And it was actually the guy. It was just a one man operation, a manual shop. And he was actually moving to a bigger location. So uh, that first day, I just helped him move his shop. And then he kind of was the one that taught me a little bit more about kind of like the production side of screen printing. I learned like what emulsion was and things like that. Um, So at that time, like my last couple years of high school, I was printing at school and then I was printing uh, for that print shop.
1: So how did that, how did that go with him though? Uh, Was he a good teacher? Was it like a good, like you got lucky that it was a good shop to work for? No, it
3: it wasn't a good shop to work for. Uh, In the end, like (laughs) um, he, he wasn't there much. Uh, He kind of had like his own extracurricular things that he was trying to do. And so, uh, that was like I was like fifteen, sixteen at the time, and you know there would be like people showing up that were like pissed off at like their order wasn't done, and I, they were like, "Where's my order?" And I'm like, "Like I ordered this like four weeks ago, and I, me being just like this random printer in this dude shop, I'm like, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what order you're talking about. You know, so it was uh, like I, I learned a lot, but I also learned a lot of things like." probably not what to do and how to operate a little bit better Mm -hmm. so uh, it wasn't too long (laughs) (laughs) there was a couple interactions where I was like legit scared that people were like you know not having their shirts like events and things like that so like no disrespect to that dude he's still around and seems to do well but uh, I uh, wasn't too long after that I got fired from there um I was there for maybe like a year and I got fired because I like went to a concert.
2: Why'd you get fired?
3: (laughs) Um, there was just no like systems in place. Like it was kind of like I would show up after school or like in the evening or whatever. And I would, uh, just kind of print what was there. Like it'd be like a stack of shirts and then something on press with like a test print. And then I would just print that. But so I did that. I went to, went to work one day, printed an order and there was like a show up in Portland. So, dipped out after I got that job done and then he called me like right when I got to the show and was like hey like where are you at and I was like oh dude, I printed what you had set up for me and he's like oh no like I had another job that you needed to do it has to be done today and I was like dude there's no way like I'm I'm gone I'm an hour away and in Portland and he was like you got to come back and I was like no and then he fired me <laughs> so
1: Yeah. Fuck that guy.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I mean, truly it's his fault.
1: Like he didn't have a system in place. He had no way to tell you or show you what was next. So that's not on you. You're better off getting the hell out of there.
3: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then I just ended up, uh, doing a couple things. Like around that time I was really into BMX bike riding. And so I did, and I was also into music playing in bands and things like that. So, I started making like our own band merch, and I started like a BMX clothing company, kind of, briefly, and that's kind of what like sparked like starting Don't Lose Hope. So like, you know, started making other people's band merch, and started making you know some local business stuff, and that's kind of when DLH started. So I started How did you do DLH. this out of your was... garage? Yeah. So yeah, I started I basically. After I left that print shop, I bought just like the one station thing from Ryanet. And then I, uh, you know, did like my first like two or three jobs with like a a heat gun <laughs> and knew that it was like I already knew about, like, you know, a conveyor and things like that. Because I I'd worked in the shop, but I just didn't have the means to like buy those. So, you know, I just traded up. So did a few jobs like that, bought a flash dryer, did a few jobs like that bought a one station Four color. Did a few more jobs and then I bought, you know, um you know, four station six color press and then I bought a conveyor and just kept doing that. So
1: So you did it right.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I think one thing that kinda held me back a little bit is during those early years that was all like part time. So that was I, I had a day job and but i I did it in the way that like i I was always paying for everything outright. I was never financing anything. so that was kind of why right. I did it that way. So I would just I would work until I could achieve like the next piece of equipment realistically. And then what was, was your day job? So for like ten years, I worked uh, as a geek squad install manager for Best Buy. <laughs> so I did uh, nice. yeah, I did car audio and um, alarm systems, things like that.
1: I don't know if you guys can hear this or not, but I'm sure it's picking up somewhat. My son is up in his room playing. He has like a fucking command center in there. <laughs> and he's playing some game with his friends right now and he's fucking screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, fuck yeah! Get it. Are you
2: playing Fortnite?
1: <laughs> I don't know what he's playing right now, but it is intense, whatever
2: it is. I just That's watched hilarious. this documentary last night I don't recommend it I don't think it was oh. kind of terrible but once I had started I couldn't, I couldn't stop but it was about this kid this gamer who you know what swatting is
0: no you've heard of that
2: no. uh-uh. um, I didn't either but it, apparently it's if you're pissed off at some other gamer you're playing you actually call the police So you, you call in like a threat oh, to yeah. wherever they are and, like, SWAT teams show up to that person's yeah. house. Yeah, like, I saw that on up. a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like an hour. <laughs> I don't know how long it is. It's on Netflix. And I watched it. And this kid would call in um, bomb threats even and everything like yeah. that. And um, he finally called in this one. And they showed up that, to the wrong address. And they actually killed somebody. This was in Wichita, Kansas. Um, somebody from the police department shot and killed some in inno- totally innocent person. Yeah, and so he's doing. He's in. I, I want to well, say he that's got
1: like kind of the SWAT dude's fault. Like he just fucking bust in and shoot somebody.
2: Um, they didn't. So they didn't even go in the house. And that you're right. It, it was like that person's fault, but they didn't go in the house. Like the person came out of the house on their front porch or something and right and um wasn't listening and so they shot him but so it was like i know right that's terrible that's like so it's a horrible wild. story and he almost the kid yeah he's didn't not have, doing that i'm just gonna, gonna set say. this set it straight real quick <laughs>
1: like he's probably um, just like he's probably just like p- playing gears or
3: something and going crazy on people yeah i saw that well, like on a like a, a tv show that I, I didn't know that was a real thing but apparently it is
2: yeah, it is. I it's it was a sad, like it was a depressing documentary. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I have a question for you though, so, because yeah. we had somebody ask us this um, this week, this past week. So we used to do sponsorships. So like, if somebody came in and 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 they asked, they said they had an event. Let's say they had a, a charity walk or something like that. Um, we would we would sponsor their like the back. Mm-hmm printing on their shirt so we had this deal this program set up this is pre-COVID we had a program set up where with uh, you know when there's a bunch of sponsors on the back if you included our shop like our logo as uh, uh, one of those sponsors then you could get a, either a free back or a discounted back things like this um, and we had the script set up so that we would you know when they asked we would forward it to them and, and script number one was a yes and script two was a no so like if their event was Like we never sponsored like say a softball team and and here's why uh because who knows how they're gonna act or behave or whatever right um when they're out and they have our logo on their shirt and they're like they're representing us and and so and also we only have limited funds to sponsor and so we wanted to choose you know like good causes and things like that and so it made sense but i saw this um uh i was driving over like a few days ago and i saw this Domino's delivery driver on the top of the car, you know, they had the Domino's sign, and then the yeah. bumper sticker, uh, what said, "My other ride is your mom," and that just reminded <laughs> me of like why I should. I was like that guy, that person, that dude was representing, you know, Domino's, driving around with yeah. his Domino's sign, and that's this, the and
1: perf- this- that's perfect for the clientele that orders Domino's, though.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean maybe you're right and so it's like you're saying that that's a you're saying that they probably gave him that was a company issued bumper sticker right yeah and
1: maybe. it's all part of their branding <laughs>
2: right yeah i mean branding so important and so i think that you, you know i just wanted to mention this because he's just giving it, him extra cheese <laughs> boom there you go literally <laughs> So, I know. Do you guys, what do you do for sponsors? Do you sponsor back of shirts or fr- all the shirts? I mean, wh- what do you do when somebody approaches you and they ask for a sponsorship?
3: Uh, yeah, kind of like what you were saying. Like, I just kind of have to feel out the situation and like what it's for. Uh, and if, I don't know, sponsorships are weird because, like you said, like, well, you might not know how somebody's going to act, but also. Like okay, there's this event and they want a hundred shirts and they want us to sponsor it. It's like I don't. I, it's hard to like put like an actual realistic return on investment on that. So sometimes I've done sponsorships and I felt like all that was was I just gave them like a dollar off or something like that each shirt and then there's no right. ROI Nothing on it. It's like I don't know. Yeah. Like I I used to run races and things like that and it's like I would think back to like how often I actually like looked at the sponsorships on the back of those shirts it's like never yeah never never. Years. so mm-hmm. it, it's tricky uh i try to like if i'm gonna like legitimately sponsor something i'll like try to at least make sure there's like some type of recognition whether that's like you know uh, we just sponsored like this flea market that's coming up so um they wanted um like a hundred shirts and we ended up giving them a little bit off and we threw our logo on the back. Uh, But you know, they've, they've done a really nice job. Like we shot a little bit content and they've been posting it on Instagram and they, you know, are shouting us out on other social media platforms. And there'll be a little thing at the event that like says like this is who printed our shirts. So at least there's like something there. It's not just like that tiny logo on the back of the shirt and that's all we're giving them the discount for. So I just try to make sure that there's some other type of recognition like that. that we're getting.
2: Yeah, more than just um that that's just a logo on the back of the shirt. Dylan, right. What do you do when somebody asks you for sponsorship?
1: Uh nine times out of ten we just say no. We just say no, we don't sponsor people, we just whatever. Um and then they just usually place the order and we don't have to discount anything and it is what it is. Or they're just looking for free shit and they go to the next guy who's willing to print their shirts for nothing um i feel like there's certain situations though where it's like a friend or i know this person or i really like the cause like i personally know the cl- the cause and i'm like all right let's do something um usually if it's a friend or something i just give a money donation they'll okay. say hey we're doing this thing and i'm like okay cool like here's a check for couple hundred bucks or whatever it is
2: when you say uh, a friend you mean also does that print like friend place orders with you so let's say it's a customer and they're coming to you all throughout the year and then they have a golf tournament or something you know to raise money like a fundraising golf tournament that I would and probably there's...
1: do something for but most of the time it's just f- fresh people coming off the street that are like hey we're mm. doing this thing and we're looking for sponsors and they never order from us or anything I'm just usually like no like i are not yeah. just giving away free stuff because you want to get free stuff, which is what so you, the case is most of the time.
2: So you're saying it sort of depends on the circumstance. So like if it's a customer and then they're putting on this event, then that's usually a yes. But if it's a stranger, yeah, if it's a good just customer, random... I'll be
1: like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Let's do it. Mm. Um, but if it's a stranger, I usually say no. And I've, I've even got burned a couple of times, like doing sponsorship stuff, like even with people that I was mm-hmm. kind of friendly with, like, they'll be like, Hey, will you sponsor my whatever team thing? And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, well, you pay for the the blanks. We'll do all the printing. We'll do the design work, whatever it is. And then they just get to the point where they're just like constantly asking for stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. we've got this thing coming up. Can you do this? And it's in like four days. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, now we've gotta get everything together, rush this, do this whole thing. And we're not getting paid anything. We're just doing it like out of the kindness of our hearts. Or they're like, hey, can you set up a store for us Because we want to do a fundraiser and then it's like we have to set up the store and we know we're not going to make any money on it and i'm not like in a hurry to get it done and they get angry and then it's just like then it just makes people bitter you know what i mean it's like the relationship didn't work out because i didn't want to fucking do it anymore because you're asking me to do a ton of work with no pay of anything you're just taking advantage of the situation
2: yeah i think it's tough like but even particularly now you know because you want to give back to the community we want to of course. Yeah. And also we want to support and help other, you know, like our our clients. But I think that I've, I've, I've decided to change it and we're not going to do it anymore because of all of the things, COVID, inflation, recession, everything. And so sure. instead, I just want to, I just want to give annually or maybe even more often to a charity, you know, to just give mm-hmm. some, because like a, a, a community or sorry, a charity in our community, Cause I think sure. you're right. I think when you get involved with a lot of this stuff, it's the ROI is terrible. Mm-hmm. Typically. There is no, what,
3: what do you guys do? Like the same exact thing for like nonprofits. Like, how do you feel about those like nonprofits reaching same out thing. and Hey, we're a nonprofit. What can you do? I, they're
1: just, they're just looking for free shit. Yeah, It's all like, let's be honest about it. Whatever, whatever organization it is, there's an There's a person in charge that gets a pat on the back when they get more and more free shit. Right. For the company they work for. Yeah. So, like, realistically, unless it's like, you know, the mom of the team that's just trying to help the team, then that's different. But if it's someone who works for this organization that's just like, hey, Carol, I got us another 100 free shirts today. Uh, here's your pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not doing us any good. And you're not going to get any ROI on it or anything. Right. Um, the I other feel thing, like though, too, is like, like the I. Perk. <laughs> They get all the glory right yeah. and it's not about the glory it's about like if you're actually doing something good for them i feel like you know putting a sponsor on the back of the shirt isn't doing mm-hmm. much good
2: and they are maybe they're not for profit but we are for profit okay? exactly so it just right. doesn't it doesn't mesh sometimes and maybe they don't realize that and sure we want i think they think that you know that this sponsorship that we're going to get all of this business like it's such a win-win right. it but it's t- it really in Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't really work like that, and there's really no even way to track it. So, it's hard. And stuff like
3: that changes hands so often that it's like I I can't think of many like repeat clients that we've had from like a nonprofit, for example. It's like the next year, whoever it is, like changes hands, and then you're forgotten about, and it's like you don't even get that repeat work.
1: The other little part of that is is it's such, like, a thing that's ingrained in all of us that, like, if you go to an event or if, like, you say, a running race and there's always sponsors on the back, it's not a new thing anymore. It's not, like, something you're looking out for. You're like, oh, let me read down the list of the sponsors on the back of the shirt. You just know there's going to be fucking sponsors there. Right. And it's just, like, another thing. Like, you just don't even think about it. But, like, I agree with Andy is, like, if I – there's a lot of charity things that just we do in general just because – I want to actually do something for the community. Like I used to be in Rotary for a really long time and I was on the board and like we did a ton of huge projects and gave a ton of money to like food banks and like all this other stuff or built things for our town or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that was just, I wanted to do that because I could actually see a difference being done. You know what I mean? Like we'd raise money to like build the bikeway walkway that I literally walk on every single morning. Like they built that. Or like you know, giving money to a food bank that you can obviously see like people giving food mm. to people who need it and stuff like that. Um, that's that's a big thing. And last year we started a Christmas drive, yeah. Um, and I want to do that even harder this year to where like we ended up getting a ton of toys, and we gave them to the Toys for Tots, which all the local kids that need toys get toys for Christmas. Yeah. So shit really like cool. that. Like I would rather take my funds and put into stuff like that, where I can actually see like shit happening. Um, and like the the other part of that too, is like being in rotary. Like I've seen things where it's just like, like, I don't want to bash anybody, but like, um, I don't really care. Um, (laughs) like the American cancer society, Mm -hmm. like we, we would do this thing every year where it was like this big, like wine festival thing. And all the, all the money from it would go to the food bank. So we did it at the at the golf course at the country club and we would have like this wine tasting thing and we would at the end of it we would end up giving like 10 grand to a local food bank and be like hey buy food with this. Um but you would ask, you know, certain sponsor people to be like okay do you want to do this thing? And they would always send like one person that was an intern that knew nothing about the cancer <laughs> yeah, society. Or that anything. knew nothing. And they would just sit at a they would sit at a blank table with no like handouts or anything, maybe like a, just one stack of business cards or pamphlets. And it was just like, we literally are giving you like, like for that specific event, it might be like 10 grand goes to the local community, but like 20 might've went to the American cancer society. Cause it was like, that was the push for that event. To, Cause it sure. was a, something everyone could rally around was like a cancer thing or whatever. And I was like, they didn't give two shits. They were just like, they sent out, like I said, they sent out an intern with a plain white table. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like,
2: I like that idea too. When you get to pick and choose which ones, you know, which charities are important to you. Or maybe it's not even a charity. Maybe it's, um, so so recently there was a flood here and a business that had just opened uh, got completely flooded out. And when it was a, it was a sewing company and they started to go fund me, and I jumped on and, and donated money to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I just I love being able to do that and because I I connected with that you know uh, situation and so I think that's the best way to do it and so I need to be more generous I think and and give and give more I I would say that um I could do more but I don't want to do it sponsoring shirts anymore you know yeah. like sponsoring mm-hmm. their their events anymore I just want to do it some, just too- I want to change it up yeah I don't
3: think it's anything like super new in a print shop but yeah we like I had a huge stockpile of, like, old blank hats that we just, like, weren't using. And, yeah, like, recently, like, a friend approached me that does a lot of work with, like, the homeless communities around here. And, like, we've had a pretty hot summer for Oregon, and so they were, like, looking for hats just to give out, you know, for people to help, you know, shield their eyes and things like that. So, yeah, we just, like, I was, like, just get rid of them and we just gave them all the hats so that they could just hand them out.
1: We did that. We did that last year. We had, I don't know we i talked about it on the show before but i ended up trying to find a place to get rid of like we had a ton of backstock. like mm-hmm. after a year or two or three or whatever we had like two or three big racks full of nothing but just like extra blanks or stuff that we got sent to by accident and just tons of shirts and stuff it was like youth adult whatever hoodies tees any anything tons right. of stuff so what i ended up doing is i ended up going through all of it and i, I sorted it by you know stuff that could actually be worn and we gave away a ton of it to the nurses offices at the local schools because the one thing i don't know why i just like had an idea i was like there's always that fucking kid that like throws up on themselves pisses Mm -hmm. their pants gets a bloody nose whatever that's just like fucked you know what i mean or they get in a fight with another kid on the school and they stretch their shirt out and all this other stuff I was like, just give them a ton of blank shirts to where, like, if this sick kid comes in, shit all over the shirt, just give them a new one. Like, give right. them a brand new one. That's
3: a good so idea. So, that's
1: what we did. We just we just boxed up a ton of shirts and went to the school and was like, hey, here's, like, 400 shirts. But what I don't want you – like, we put in, a, like, a clause, basically. Like, we'll give you these to you, but they have to be used for this. Like, right. Or You know, individual kids, if there's a poor kid or whatever, you know, need some stuff, give it to them. But I do not want to see you turn around and give me these shirts and ask (laughs) me to print shit on it. You know what I mean? Like, don't, like, turn around and try to use these for a fundraiser or something else. Like, they're specifically for kids who need shirts.
3: Have you guys figured out or, like, ever come across anything about, like, recycling printed garments?
1: (laughs) not really i know i i think there's things i think we talked about this with jared from rockford art delhi but i think pretty much what we do is we just print the fuck out of them right like inside out every single sure. spot and then after that they become a rag yeah and then after that they're basically useless and we so you're, in the dumpster.
3: you're at least getting like as much use out of that fabric as you can
1: right but if yeah. we print if we print like a whole order that's a misprint and there's really nothing wrong with it the customer just complained about something sure I would rather donate it to something, but there's yeah. two sides to that too, is because a, it's not really awesome for the customer to send back shirts and then see a ton of random homeless people wearing their shirts around town. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've so I've done that same before. same thing we might use them for rags or whatever. Yeah, we have to.
2: All right. I got another one. So, um, we just i just moved somebody into a new role it's um, a customer we call it customer success, but do you like that name customer success or do you like no. customer care because I know Justin um from Oklahoma uses customer care customer service I don't like I think it's i don't know maybe just old and I'm looking for something new so what do you call your what do you call your, the person that helps customers? <laughs>
3: uh, me? No. Um, right now. <laughs> call that person
1: Sarah. Yeah, it's called Rodney. Um, her,
3: her name, it's <laughs> myself, or her name, my girlfriend, Elisa. Um, no, I I mean, realistically, we just call them, like, that's like the sales role right now. So we don't have, like, a, a fancy name for it. It's just... If, whether we're helping a customer like place an order or helping them through the design process, it's just kind of general sales hmm.
1: yeah, I just say customer service because it's it's another one of those things that's just so heard all the time that it's they don't think about it when you say customer service they just think about what the role is. I feel like if you had a fancy title, they would just be like, "What the fuck is this fancy title bullshit that you're trying to feed me right now?
2: I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think it's I a think, bad
1: idea. I'm just saying that, like, I it gives me the skeevies a little bit to be like, this is my, you know, level three customer smiles officer. And it's like,
3: ah, that's weird. Yeah. I don't think success is that bad, though. Um, I think, like, Printavo <laughs> hey, thanks, uses it. Thank you. <laughs> I think, I think Printavo, like, <laughs> yeah, I, if you're I right. recall, they're like client success managers or something like that.
2: Yeah, I um, credit goes to Matt Printavo Matt because that's where yeah. I first heard it because he's a um, he mentioned it one time or whatever and because somebody was asking that they um, I think it was Scott and he he had just hired somebody and he said that he was going to call them office, office assistant I can't talk office <laughs> assistant uh, and then um, he's like oh then somebody said shop bitch that's not going to work <laughs> um, I don't know. So what do you think? Not success?
1: Uh, success is fine.
3: Yeah, it's all right. I
1: don't know. But that what does that mean? Well, Obviously it should be a customer success. Like
2: Oh, 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 yeah. That's what Scott said. Something like customer experience team. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. Because you're you're wanting to I don't know, maybe you think that some people would say that. You know title role titles don't mean anything but I think they do I think that it's important I think that you you have that role and if the role sounds good without being cheesy or or like you said it's bullshit or anything I think it's important I think that you take it seriously then and so um, I like the success part because I want it to be a successful experience you know so I don't know that's why I chose that
1: dude you're real close Mm -hmm. to the road aren't you me Rodney yeah
3: yeah a little close yeah my office is upstairs overseas <laughs> I, I can hear like
1: uh yeah I can hear like cars going by that are like so
2: being so close like with that exposure no do you have a sign out there
3: yeah we just put it up um uh, I can see it right now I was yeah, gonna we, say
1: I just saw it posted.
3: yeah yeah we just put it up um like two weeks ago
1: are you noticing people noticing well I, is it getting noticed
3: it is actually like it wasn't a, like a price like we hadn't had it up for a few months it wasn't really high on my priority list Uh, I also just didn't think I've been off, you know, not in a, in a drive traffic area for so long that I really didn't think that it was going to make a huge impact, but we've gotten, we've got quite a few calls, people like, Hey, we just saw your sign. Like, I feel like,
1: I feel like shit like that is so important. Like you gotta think, you gotta think about it if it's you though, like you're the business owner and you're like, whatever, like, I don't really give a shit. But like, if you're driving by, Like we just had this discussion like two nights ago because we were talking about someone's business and it was just a fucking shithole. And I was like, you got to think that the customer walking into that place, they're like, okay, everything I buy here, like minimum order is probably a couple hundred dollars at least. Right. You know what I mean? Like they they they're walking in here being like, oh, cool. I'm going to give this person a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars to a lot of money. Uh, and it looks like hell in here or they don't brand themselves or they don't like take anything seriously. They're just like running around, just trying to get shit done. Like, right. do I trust that they're going to do customer success? Um, or is it going to be shitty? So it's like one of those things, like if you like, there's a, there's a diner in town and like, they just have a generic signs, generic diner or whatever. I always think about those cool diners that I see off the off the interstate or something when you're like driving into another town or another city you've never been to and right. they have this big like beautiful sign or it's like hand carved or it's fucking got neon on it or something you always are like, "Ooh, what's that place?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you took the time and effort and put it into the branding and the sign and people are like, "Oh yeah." Or like if you start a business and the last thing they think about is like branding our logos and they just do it themselves on ms paint it's like dude <laughs> sweet that should be like a huge focus for you like you should really put time and effort and money into your branding
2: and yeah you can it, be like it, ron at at talk shirty and have it on your roof or something like everything. that so you can see yeah. it from the moon
3: yeah we're oh, gonna do a bunch dude, of like Ron, like i said our, our neighbors that just moved in and uh that share our upstairs office spaces it's a uh, some tattoo um some tattoo artists and so we're going to have them do some like hand painting out on the side of the building to kind of like label because like we get a lot of people like our logo is kind of tattoo like essence i guess and Mm -hmm. so we get a lot of people that walk into our shop looking for the tattoo studio so like we need to like uh Mm -hmm. kind of you know label that a little bit better like this is like the screen printing shop and then like this is the tattoo shop so we're going to do something like that to kind of like make it just have a little bit more of an aesthetic Uh, But yeah, we've been getting so many more people like walking into the building that my next kind of big project is trying to figure out how to like build out a showroom because I've never really had to do that. Um, So that's kind of what we're working Mm -hmm. on right now because for a while our showroom was just like a warehouse of storage for boxes and people are walking in and it didn't look very good. So now we at least have some some displays and some samples, but trying to like kind of figure out what that experience looks like when people do come in um because it was kind of fumbly at first like oh these are our shirts and like not knowing like what that like pitch is to like a walk-in customer because we hadn't ever had that so be like having those customers that walk in like all right we want some t-shirts and it's like oh like we like need some type of like form or something to document this or should we just have them Mm -hmm. fill out our form on our website
2: i think um i think that so we have a lot of experience in this because we have tons of walk-ins every day. So I would say that um, what we found works really well is to have a good, better, best. And so, sure. you know, you have three types of, of shirts, three types of fleece and, and so on, you know, that you can just show them. I mean, because I think giving too many choices, like a whole catalog is, is bad, you know. I, yeah, I, yeah. I like to just narrow it down to like what we think are the good, better, best options, depending on your budget. Um, and, and like the project that you're working on. And then also I have um, some samples of, like you said, you're, you're getting some samples up there. So we have some samples of like what a distressed print looks like, you know. Right. So, so that's an option or different sizes, because a lot of times we'll say, OK, well, well, cool. You're getting a youth small, but you're also getting an adult 3X, you know, within your size run, And so we're going to I recommend a resize and they don't understand that so what we have um you know two different size prints just just right. right there in the front to show them what that looks like things like that oh, that's, so that that's a good you, idea. you know you, like they get a visual you know of of um, some of the costs that we're talking about so sure. i don't know um i, just I think, think it's one of
1: those things where you should walk in with a clear head and think about if you were the customer or you've never been in that place or just have a friend come in and be like hey will you like be a fake shopper and kind of like walk in and tell me like like tell me straight up like how this looks or what this feels like or whatever, and then change it up. Cause sure. like I said, you don't think about that shit in your day to day. You just want to like print shirts and get stuff done. Right. But like customer experience, like coming in is a big deal.
2: Customer yeah. success. I, know that's, that's what mean.
1: I know that's been huge for us. And that's another thing too. Like even in our small town, like it's a small town and everyone kind of knows who you are, but like we still to this day, like between my shop, uh Lindsay's shop, the craft store next door, and then uh Aubrey's shop at the end. Uh we still they still all of us get people that are like, Oh, I didn't I never knew you were here. And it's like <laughs> okay. fucking like we've been here for like thirteen years. Like how do you not and your town's know pretty small. we're here? Or we still get people yeah, we get people that come to the door and ask where like where they can buy bait or like shotgun shells and it's like <laughs> this that hasn't been here for like 15 years like what yeah. are you doing we get people so, like, coming in a we, lot for the, looking for appliances yeah and like the other end of our building we're redoing we right now and one of the things i wanted to do is like our road is you have to turn on our road basically um in that area and on the end of the building there i was like what i'm going to do is i'm just going to put up two four by eight aluminum signs on the wall and light them up and everything for. Sure the craft store. And for Aubrey store, I don't care about my own promoting it locally to people driving by because they don't really want walk-ins. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I'm going to make this look really nice for them so that like, there's no excuses now. Like if you drive down our road, you know, these stores exist, sure. you know, they're here because there's these two big signs on the wall and it looks really awesome. So, uh, I'm excited to see like how many more people just pull over and stop in because they can see that branding really well. Yeah,
3: that's really cool.
2: So, can we... There are so many questions. You got a ton of questions, Rodney. Um, cool. I don't even know if, if we'll have time to get through all of them. Most but of Dylan, them are
1: about your mustache.
3: Hey.
2: But we already answered that. I take so pride in it. Can we go to questions right now? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So, Jake, he asks, what was the one thing you did with your build-out of the new shop there was icing on the cake
3: uh there's probably a few things one like i mentioned earlier how we had the electrical like the panel split and sent to the back that's been super helpful because since we're still building out the shop like i kind of have my electrician come out i don't know every every other month or so because we haven't like like, this isn't the permanent home for this piece of equipment type of thing. So we've been able to like easily add like power to certain things because that panel's like in the back where the shop is. Uh, it would be much more of a nightmare and a headache because we would have had to have run circuits an extra like 50 feet to where the panel used to be. So it was a little bit of money up front, but having that dedicated panel for just the shop area is super nice and it makes things. Uh, a little bit i don't know beneficial like they we ended up running like a, a distribution block like to the mid like the roof like to the middle of the shop so like right there there's already like another 10 circuits just like ready to drop anywhere we want i uh, always haven't figured out where those are that's gonna super go important yet. yeah so, electric cool. is
2: typically it's like the most expensive thing yeah. in your shop. And um, super important too. I, I love when I, we were down at Made Lab and they have, the, they had these electric runs that were just gorgeous, like so mm-hmm. beautiful the way they, it was like artistry the way they ran their cool. electric. Um, and by the way, that was Jake from Becker.
3: <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then um, I was going to say also probably like putting the compressor like in a completely separate room. Uh, Cause I worked in a shop before where the compressor was right next to the press and that was, pretty annoying so if you have the ability mm-hmm. um i put mine as far away as i could and i never hear it so that's cool
1: nice uh i'm just gonna run through some of them uh cool. Juan at squeegee, squeegee prince says i must ask him a question but i'll shave it for later
3: <laughs> dude <Juan's
1: laughs> awesome um, J- yeah Juan is amazing I, I love his shop uh jeff from tiny fish asks what's your next big purchase or investment
3: so it's probably still a little bit out, but I think um, like I think our two areas that are lacking is is reclaim, but I don't think we're quite there yet to where we need like we don't quite have the demand yet for an auto reclaim system, but I think CTS is our next investment. So we don't have we just have a film printer right now. Um, so I think getting the CTS in some type of red system for our press is is our next move i just don't really know do you know what one you want to go with no i don't yet um i know like back in the early days of the pod you guys talked about cts like all the time but um yeah i'm, I'm not too sure so i know that they've okay. i'm hoping that they're coming down in price all a little bit so i'm hoping that they come down a little <laughs> but
1: all i'm going to say is do your research just yeah. like pick what works best for you and your climate and all that stuff.
3: So yeah, I'm hoping to, uh, to check out some, some more units and stuff. Um, hoping that there's some more, it's like some trade shows coming up just to like see and, mm-hmm. you know, get some more like insider knowledge about, but yeah, um, come out to yeah. uh,
1: come out to long beach. We'll hang out.
3: Yeah. I'm for sure. Probably um, going to come to long beach I'm going to, it's not a show, but I'm, I'm going to go to print hustlers this year. So,
1: well, we'll see you there. Cool. Um, this kind of goes in with this a little bit. Jay three says, can't wait to hear from Rodney. Where do you see DLH in five years? Do you have any particular goals or milestones that you'd like to hit?
3: So, I mean, I, I want to grow the print operation, uh, but I think our way of doing that, like I'd love to have like two autos and have like a dialed system for, for production, I think like our way of doing that is going to be with like building like client relationships. So just kind of like elevating like our current clients. Like we have a way we, we rely heavily on repeat work. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of clients that for example, like I have to remind periodic, like I'll run into them or something like that. And I'm like, Hey, like no, like, Oh, we haven't placed an order in a long time. We need some shirts. And I'm like, I know then like the next day they'll like place an order, but it's like how long were they like just sitting empty? So trying to figure out a way to like we've never really been like the the company that like reaches out to our clients, but I think some type of program now that I have the like the resources for it to kind of like reach out to those clients and be like, Hey, like how's it going? Do you wanna try like a new design? Do you wanna like what do you like how's your stock looking? So something like that. Uh, and I'd also really like to work more with like educating the customer. Um, I think right now we're seeing a lot of, I'm like, some of my biggest hurdles are people like coming in and, you know, they want like small orders or things like that, or just not understanding how shirts are made, at least with screen printing. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, it's hard because now I have like, I, before I had no problem, somebody wanting like a 12 piece order and wanting it to be like full color i had no problem like turning it away like not nah, like i'm not the shop for you but now that i have five people to look out for and i have all this overhead like i'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. ways to like you know what is the best tool to like help out as many customers as i can without like sacrificing quality so yeah trying to like well, i don't want to sacrifice like- quality i want to i want them to better understand like why they're getting such a better quality product for the price that we're going to charge them.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is with that is educating the customer as much as you can. Right. So I fully agree with you on the quality thing. Like I hate that just because someone's either a small company and can't afford a lot of shirts or, you know, whatever. I I, I still want the small guy who wants 20 shirts to get the same quality printing as the guy who orders 10,000 shirts. Right. Like I don't feel like it's fair that just because they don't have a lot of money, they have to have a shit shirt. Um, but what we're doing is within the last like two years, basically everyone had to up their pricing because of right. all the COVID stuff and inflation and everything else. And then, you know, just redoing your pricing charts and figuring this out and, and all those other things. The industry was going hard on raising minimums. Sure. So, pretty much a year ago, everyone was talking about how they had to raise their minimums, raise their minimums. So we went up to, you know, our, we went from our minimum 12 to 25. And then mm-hmm. we were talking about having our minimum be 50. We did
0: the um, same.
1: And, and then pretty much we saw a drop in, cause once we started telling people that they had to order, you know, if they're getting a eight color print, the minimum they have to get is a hundred shirts. Or mm-hmm. if they're getting, you know, a six color print, they have to at least get 50 shirts and so on. We were just seeing a lot of people be like, all right, fuck it. I'm just not going to order then.
3: Yeah. Same. like
1: there, the thing is, is there's like, we want to help them, but like, where do we draw the line? So we, dr- we started to draw the line at color count. Mm-hmm. So that's why some of people would come to us with their, with their high color art and we're like, well, you know. W- you have to order a hundred. It's not worth it for us to set up a 12 color for fucking 25 shirts, it doesn't right. make any sense. It's literally on the gauntlet, it's like one and a half spins worth of shirts. Right. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense for all the labor. So that's when we started to dive really deep into the DTF stuff because we wanted to help all these customers that wanted to order like a 12 color print, but could only get like 12 or 25 or whatever. So I think that's the thing is like, I I've been doing a shitload of testing with a ton of different companies and a bunch of post pressing um, techniques and different things and trying everything I can and I feel like I've got a pretty good product where now I feel comfortable just educating the customer and be like, hey, this isn't screen printing, but it's a water based transfer. Right. This is what it looks like. Like here's a photo of like you know we've done a lot of things where we've literally printed a you know a twelve color print and then we did a DTF of the exact same design, put them side by side. And we look at it and we're like, wow, this looks like there's, there's almost some better things on the DTF other than like feel or whatever. Right. But we're telling the customer straight up, like, I'm not telling customers, this is a screen print. Like, I don't want to be like, Hey, yeah, we'll print your shirts and not mention it. And then they get DTF when they were expecting screen printing. Right. So I think as long as you educate the customer and you're like, Hey, like, I want to help you out. I, I, if you just need shirts and you don't, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be screen printing. Here's an alternative. And we've had like. So many customers, like just totally down. We're like, we're doing so much more low quantity stuff now, high color, and charging like full retail. Right. We're like, okay, these shirts are gonna be 25 bucks a piece. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, I just want these shirts. Like, I want a 12 color front, and this is what I want. I want 25 shirts. And like, I feel like every day we're ordering like a shitload of DTF to do these shirts. Um, yeah, so it's kind of nice to be able to still help out those small customers.
3: Yeah. we just did one. Yeah. And, and again, like I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of DTF, but like, like you said, like if I don't do it, they're just they're like, okay, cool. I'm out. And then they're just going to go somewhere else and do it. So I'm trying to like, you know, use that as like, a, like you said, a, an educational thing, but to try to elevate that. And like, we just did one where it was like a 12 piece, like full color print on some tote bags which wasn't bad because um, it's not, like on your shirt so on a tote i think it was fine but they're gonna come back now and they're gonna place like a big order for like their work because these were like birthday party things for like somebody's 40th birthday yeah. and then you know now they're gonna come back so like being able to like you know once i can like get them into the shop and like talk to them be like okay like this is what we're gonna do for this print but like as you can see like this is like what screen printing is and this is like the feel and you know like oh yeah well like Work for from. this company we might need shirts so you know if you do that one thing and you can yeah, I feel quickly, like it's, you know might convert it into a bigger client
1: right i just feel like it's another one of those things like i try to look at it as a tool as much as i can like you know i want to screen print as much as possible don't get me wrong like we try to talk these people the first thing we do is say we'd love to do this for you but the minimum is going to be 50 shirts or 100 shirts and then we feel them out after that where they're just like nah i'll just like not get them this year or all, whatever mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the goal is to always give them the best quality product possible, but if the end goal for them is that they just really want that design and it's for an event and they just want shirts, then we're like, okay, cool. Well, we have another method we could choose. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's just do it. Right. Or like you said, like they might only want 25, but their next order is going to be 2,500, like let's do DTF for the 25. So you can get it out to some people and get feelers if the design works. And then they're like, oh, yeah, people love this. And then we'll screen print the 2500.
2: Yeah. How do you guys quote? Do you ever quote blindly? In other words, um, do you have customers that say, hey, I need a quote on 400 shirts. It's going to be a four color front or or a six color front or whatever without seeing the art. Do you ever just quote that? And then let's say you win the quote and then the art comes in and it's sure it might be a six color, but it's like incredibly detailed and it. And it's going to be, you know, super tough to screen print. Do you ever, does it ever happen? Or do you always Mm. ask for the art?
3: I demand the artwork. (laughs) Um, Training like Elisa to like do sales and stuff like that. She's like, what would be like the price for this? Mm. I'm like, where's the artwork? And she'd be like, no, like, it's just like a one color front. I'm like, where is the artwork? Because Mm. like, so like the problem is, is I don't know, like every once in a while, like if somebody's really pushy, I'll be like, okay, this is like your ballpark price without seeing the artwork because you're telling me that it's a two color print mm-hmm. but you know like they'll say that they have a vector file and then they send over an illustrator file but there's embedded pngs or something like that that right, like right, is right. low quality and then it's like I don't know I have such a hard time with that because I'm trying to like okay cool like we got the job but then it's like oh well like dude like this is going to take me like an hour to like fix this artwork or you said it was a one color, but, like, it's actually, like, a really detailed, like, you know, grayscale image that's, like, going to require more work or whatever We're it is. We're actually
1: going to use three whites for this. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Like, exactly.
3: okay, it's, like. Yeah, we just had that. Yeah, we need a top white or something. It's, like, I. Cool. <laughs> like, now you have to try to explain that to yeah, them. Yeah, we just had this happen
2: mm-hmm. where we 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 bid on, um, it's for the St. Louis art, art Fair, and we, and I think they had, like, six designs um with uh, all of them are multi multi-color and then we fi- you know like we bid on this months ago we finally get the job because they didn't have artwork totally completed mm-hmm. yet you know and so right. it was it was still being worked on And and so then we finally we win and then we receive the art and we actually attempted we, we attempted to print the first one in fact i think kyle made like 40 screens because we were we were getting ready to print um several of them And we went after the first one and it was a, it was a fail. Like we just didn't get the detail we wanted. So we ordered DTF and it came in and it looks amazing. Like it looks, it's beautiful. And so we ordered the rest in DTF and um, luckily it's, it's probably going to work out. To, we're, we're, I mean, we're still profiting on the job. Maybe not quite mm-hmm. as much, but it's it's actually really close. Yeah, it's going to take longer. It's a little tedious in that you know you're you're pressing one at a time because we do not have that Eric. Yeah, I'm pressing auto. twice. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, got, I have it, a big press. Well, I like the I like the um, that post press for DTF that Dylan's yeah, talking about. I haven't about tried that yet. You can, you so. There's different yeah.
1: techniques that's a it's a huge like if you did it once with just one press it's a Mm -hmm. night and day difference when you do it the second time wow okay you have to do it twice like there's no
2: the top of material that gives it a a different feel it's not as smooth anymore i really like it Mm. um but you know so i think sometimes if you get in a jam dtf can get you out of it too you know and so anyway it's it's tricky um we're learning it um, it's going yeah. to be one of those samples that we have at the front to show people and say, "Look, you know, kind of like, like what Dylan said is here's here's what it could do." Um, to also, right.
1: too, like Bill Bill, who's a printer for me, said like he just went to the mall the other day. Like we have a really big mall in Syracuse, and he was like, "Dude, so many of the stores I, I went to have transfers." He's mm-hmm. like, "So many shirts are just like full color transfers." Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. it's weird. So, like that's changing. the thing
1: is the market's used to it right now. Like right. they're like, "This is what mm-hmm. I want," and that's why everybody is just sending us. And I've said this before with, uh, like hybrid printing, it's like somebody will take literally a photo on their phone and put a filter on it and be like, this is the, what I want, mm-hmm. this is my design. And
3: then I'm like, are yeah. you sure? And it's like,
1: oh, right. Like <laughs> this, th- we can screen print this, but yeah. literally we just had a design the other day that was for, I can't remember what it was for the customer, but it was like, keys on a keyboard and it had like all these masks on it and it was like full color it looked beautiful artwork's awesome Mm -hmm. but literally everything in it is a gradient like every key had shading and different colors and like all these masks were like a ton of different colors we were like yeah if you do 100 of these we will do a 12 color sim process and job on it it'll look cool but it'll be like a hundred percent made up of half tones
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. like it'll look good. Like we'll use small halftones. Like it'll look like a nice screen print, but like we could do this as a water-based transfer and it'll look exactly like your artwork. Like no questions asked, like a full digital print. And they were like, yeah, let's do the digital. And that was a hundred shirts. So like we could have printed it, but we told them like this might actually look better as a digital print because that's the style of artwork you did. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we did. And we're, we're pressing those on Monday. So, um, again like i think it's just like the market like i remember back when i first started it was like everybody wanted mass oversize or they wanted foil and it was like i fucking hated foil but it's like it's what everybody wanted at the time and it's like and same with puff like Mm -hmm. puff just like kind of had its day where it's like every other job people wanted puff it's like we might not like it but that's not our job to like it it's our job to fucking Make the shit happen for the customer right yeah so I remember if doing that's the what the they BNTs, want and that's what we do
3: the full print and then having to like use my flash dryer in my garage yeah. and like move it to like cure the it's bottom and it's terrible it's it awful
1: yeah all right next question uh graphic source says shout out salem i used to travel there all the time question is salem still growing where do you see that market going
3: cool uh salem I think is kind of like it's coming out of like the COVID thing. Like we had a lot of stuff shut down. Uh, luckily, like our business stayed pretty steady. Uh, we kind of did our best to like help, you know, print merch for like fundraising and things like that. So you know, people weren't losing their businesses. Um, we do like a lot of like our local like downtown clients and things like that. But right now, like I, I feel like I've noticed a lot more. You know like sam's kind of coming back to life like after covid like you know this is a year like all there's all these events um you know there's all these new businesses and there's all these people that are kind of you know getting back to it so i i think it's growing um i know we also lost a few shops like during the pandemic so there's a few people that you know used to go to another shop that are now coming to us so i'm not too sure you know it's growth for me um i don't know i don't know about the market but yeah it, overall i'd say it's growing um absolutely
1: that's awesome uh aesthetic imprint says what made you want to choose the Anatol titan over the volt uh pneumatic versus electric
3: kind of a sore subject um so <laughs> <laughs> so no i tell I, us I, why. yeah no I, I love the titan it's, it's a great press so, like I mentioned before, we were at our old location and we bought the auto that we have specifically for that space. So, the footprint and the electrical and air demands were for that space. So, we went with the biggest press that we knew that we could get there and we had no power there. Like, I'll be like the auto was going to max out the power 100%. So, like the auto and the flash were, would max the power out. So... We had to get the Titan because the Volt required more power. So we were... that. That's why we had to go with some So air. you
1: wanted the Volt.
3: Yeah, we would have went with the Volt if we could have. But I knew that like the power restrictions were going to be tricky because we were possibly already going to have to look at adding more service anyway. And that was going to be an extra expense. So that's why we went with the Titan overall. Uh, and we went with the footprint that we have because of that shop. So that was part of the reason we chose Anatol was because of the extra head that flips up and down. So,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, which has been like a lifesaver for, for some of the stuff, which, um, say we have a, a seven color eight station, which now it sucks. Cause if we could have projected that we were going to end up in the location that we're in, we would have went with a, a volt and we would have went with at least the next size up, probably like a, you know well that'll be your next or price. something like that yeah <laughs> so that'll be the next one uh so that's kind of yeah why that's why we went with the titan over the vault it was just out of the the requirements of the last location um but okay yeah
1: well this ties into the next question uh big north graphics asks if you had unlimited funds what would be the first thing you'd add to your shop machinery
3: wise a bigger press uh Art, <laughs> yeah, a volt, uh, a bigger press. I mean, I, I so far like I I, I really like our Anatol. Uh, the part of the reason again with that too was turnarounds. Like we were looking at an uh, M but that was only you know a six color eight station, and the turnaround was you know five more months longer than our Anatol. So mm-hmm. getting the extra color, we got it. It still took forever because after we placed the order is when all the cargo ships started building up or getting backed up. So it took a long time anyway. But um, yeah, I would bigger press for sure because there's all, like some of the things like that we've had used DTF on are like, man, dude, if we had literally one more printhead, we would just screen print this, but we can't. So mm-hmm. that sucks. Right. And then, yeah, CTS for sure because mm-hmm. our reg times are, they're really fast with one printing, but like me, like I'm still pretty slow when when we get over a two color so uh something to like a cts and regging would be some kind of registration system would be awesome
1: okay uh i'm not sure how to say this i want to say ecggp.4u uh asks my question is Uh, what would his top three tips or priorities be for someone looking to do or on the verge of moving into a phase two or three of their silkscreen shop journey? I just recently moved into what some would consider phase two of my print journey and phase three is knocking on the door. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm in the right headspace in anticipation for common challenges or obstacles. The reason I ask this question is because it looks like we went auto with Anatol, which is another question, and moved into a commercial space at the same time. Uh, Which are major projects to manage? Cash reserves, workflow adjustments, unexpected equipment purchases, things like that. So I guess tips that you now know the answer to from moving from your last shop to this shop would be, and hiring five people all at once, Sure. what Uh, would your tips be?
3: Reach out, like, talk to other shops, probably, for sure. Um, I talked to a a couple of them um, just to, like, make sure, like, I wasn't missing anything, which, like, still, like, once, you know, the auto, light came and I, like, didn't even have a compressor yet, which, like, I knew we needed. I just didn't have one yet, and I was like, crap. So, I had to, like, you know, just go buy one from Lowe's. Uh, So, there's things that you're always going to forget, but if I could give some, like, tips of some things to really spend some time on Um, one for us was going like vertical as possible. We never really had that ability before, but as far as like storage and shelves and things like that, because when we first moved in, it was a nightmare and there was boxes and, you know, storage and things like that all over the floor. So now that we have like, you know, big racks everywhere, like it's night and day different and really makes the shop feel like a big, big space. Uh, and then spending time on dark room for sure. Like we like completely overhauled our dark room cause our dark room has always been kind of like an afterthought, even though it shouldn't be like our dark room was always like a really tiny space. Like we would always like, cause we'd been in, I don't know, maybe three locations prior to this. And it was always like the smallest little corner of the room. We'd build like a tiny little dark room, but now we have like a 15 by 15 foot room that is our dark room. And it's made a, a huge help with like screen storage and things like that so
1: that's one of the things i feel like a lot of people don't think about like you said is it's it's kind of an afterthought but it is the most important part of your shop i feel like yeah i wish i had a darker and two to three times the size that right. i have now it's just super for nice moving racks around or having a dry space or you know yeah some drying cat just more shit in that room to make it efficient and flow better
3: yeah and i kind of um, already mentioned like why we had to move and why we chose an Anatol but um, I'm still trying to figure out the stresses of of hiring new people like I I can say like I did like we have AC in part of our shop so like a room that was actually my old office when we first moved in uh, I moved to a different area and I turned that into like the employee lounge so like there's AC at least to like go escape off into uh, which is nice so trying to like I'm still trying to figure out like what the perks and the benefits are of working here. Um, you know, some of the people like, you know, half of the team are really close to me. So like if it was just them, it wouldn't be so much of like a thought, but now I have like these other people that are new to my family or like new to our print print shop. And it's like, how do I, how do I better them and how do I better right. the experience for them? You want
1: to make it good for them too.
3: Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to like force culture, but it's like, I, but I also want like culture to happen. So I'm like trying to figure out what that. What that looks like. Uh, I fully agree. Before it, you yeah. go
2: uh, to the next one, I want to say just a little tidbit on the cash flow part. And that is, you know, um, um, one of the big yeah. three you should absolutely have is an accountant. And that accountant mm-hmm. is really, really important. I think you need to. I don't know if you can schedule meetings or phone calls and just to talk about your cash flow because cash flow is just one of the most important things that your business can possibly have. And so when you go to all of a sudden hire new people and then at the same time maybe order equipment and at the same time uh, move shops mm-hmm. and have have rent and all these expenses are going up. Well, um, I, I think that you have a pretty good idea before you do that sort of sort of stuff. I always do, and I was always mm-hmm. pretty conservative, you know. And then and then. But at the same time, you have to take that leap because if you never do, then you're just kind right. of stuck, wheels spinning, and you're never going to really grow. So I would say, to that is, is that get advice. Mm-hmm. Cash is king. Don't don't yep. always think. Don't think the only way to buy equipment is to pay cash. I think that that's a great way to buy equipment, but right. um, also it's um, sometimes it's really great to have that cash in your pocket if something you know happens. And so leasing isn't the end of the world. Um, and so. But that's up to your accountant. That's up to you. That's up to your management right. style and all that kind of stuff. And so cash flow. watch some YouTube videos, talk to your accountant and um, maybe win the lottery or something. I'll, yeah, I'll say,
3: I'll say, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did get a new accountant like right before we moved in here. Um, just cause the old one was really, it wasn't really an accountant. It was just the tax person. Um, so I did get mm-hmm. uh, uh, somebody that's actually been able to advise me on some things. And, you know, smart ways of making yeah. purchases and stuff like that. So that's been super helpful. Absolutely.
2: Um, okay, also look, line what? of credit before you go, sorry, line of credit. Yeah. Yeah, credit. sure.
1: Get a credit card that has good cash back.
3: Yes. Points, um, miles last last
1: question is hmm. the real underscore J 13 asked, what encouraged you to make the decision to print full time? Have you met your short term goals since you have made the decision?
3: So, yeah, I I, going full time into printing uh, that part of my story that we didn't like touch on was uh, after I left Best Buy, I went and worked for another print shop for a while. They came into my shop and they just moved here from Portland and they said, hey, like we like your printing, like we need a production manager. Would you want to come help us out? And so for... A little over a year, I went and worked at that shop and um, managed their production team, and then uh, just did my stuff uh, on the side. And they let me use their auto for a while. That's where I got my auto experience from. So I was just running that after hours and just doing my own jobs, which was cool because they were uh, they didn't use didn't do any local business. So that's kind of how the relationship worked. They did all shipping, and then I did local, but. After that, right. they, they got rid of me at one point. They couldn't keep me on anymore. And so, I went back to school and finished my degree because it was something that I always wanted to finish. I had dropped uh, dropped out of college with one year left and I ended up going back and finishing. And so, it was after I finished college uh, in 2019 that I was like, I, I'm stuck with this decision. And I've been printing this whole time, part-time to help like just as like a side hustle and give me extra cash and help me make purchases and things like that. And so it kind of came down to this thing where it, I was just getting burnt out though. And I was in, you know, a pretty serious relationship and it just kind of came to the point where I was like, I had to make the decision. And I was like, I'm either going to have to stop printing or I just need to do it full time, which was always the goal. I just had so reservations. It yeah. It was just the push. Yeah. Like I was like, ah, like the business, like was back to like a, like I, almost, like I said, I bought almost everything cash but you know before then i did have a flop trying to do in-house embroidery so i ended up like paying off that machine that we ended up never using and then i was like back to this like debt-free mentality and i was like okay like like it's like all or nothing so just making that leap and it's Mm -hmm. so gratifying to finally just be doing that full time
1: (laughs) well it seems to be working out well for you like i said you seem to made leaps and bounds uh, trying from the by yourself stage so yeah now you seem to be doing well um do you have any quick questions for us
3: sure uh let me look really quick andy has anybody ever died on the st louis arch
2: <laughs> i want to say somebody died building it uh you know every once in a while Somebody will either fly through it or hang glide or parachute or something through it. I don't know why, but they do. It's Um, a giant arch. It's just fucking
1: asking for it.
2: Right? You feel like, I think somebody uh, suction cupped up it and then, um, what do they call that? Free base? That's drug. Base jump. Base base jump. jump. Base jumping. Yeah. So they climbed up it, they free based, and then they base jumped. Um, mm. I, I I felt previously. like I was gonna. <laughs> I felt like I was gonna die when I went up in it because uh, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's like you, you can go get up in, in this, it I've never been. I yeah, didn't know. so you get in this like um, how do
3: how does the elevator work?
2: Claustrophobic. Yeah, is it like a <laughs> shuttle? Yeah, no, it's like sort of like a gondola in a sense because you get in this car cart thing gondola looking thing and then it goes up and um there's no windows like as you're going up it is it's like it's it's terrible like but once you're up there it's really really cool recommend it um you really but saw i don't that. know <laughs> i don't know i don't know if anybody's okay. ever died yeah.
3: dylan do they do like headless horseman stuff where you're at like, is that like a thing up there because i know like, <laughs> sleepy, hollow, like sleepy hollow like sleepy hollows like like that originated like from new york like upstate new york i think oh um, I'm just curious if there's not like... really? You know, you go to like a town somewhere and they're like Headless horsemen things everywhere. <laughs> not really. I mean,
1: we have a... Like, fall here is like the thing everyone comes here for, for the most part. Sure. Like, fucking apple cider and donuts and uh, the whole fall. Like, pumpkin uh, festivals and all that stuff. I haven't seen much of the... Like headless horseman stuff i know like
3: i know like you're like kind of into like a ton of
1: that yeah yeah the sasquatch stuff for me is more uh like there's a lot of stuff like that up here um but yeah i would say like the witch stuff and the spooky stuff like that is more like uh the massachusetts stuff okay cool but yeah i am i'm into all that shit like if if i could find it let's like say so i said like i just did a shirt for the tea club That was uh, Thompson Park, which was basically just like they call it the Area 51 of New York. And it's just like people are like hiking a trail. And they say that like all of a sudden they're on the other side of the park. And they like time has passed, like hours have passed and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, I want to go there now. Like I want to be just get abducted real quick and see what it's like. Just real quick. So
2: just real (laughs) quick. No big deal. JoJo JoJo's parents um, or mom texted her. Yesterday and said that they were outside at night in their backyard and they saw a UFO. And yeah. then I went to bed and I just realized now that I had a dream that they were abducted. Maybe it's true. Okay. Maybe know. it was I, true. I better call them.
3: <laughs> I got. I got a few more. Uh, more serious. More questions? If you don't mind. These yeah. are the best questions. No, these are good. Keep okay. going with these. um Do, do you? i have i have like two serious ones i want to ask but um what about do you have any like nightmare like landlord or like neighboring business stories like you know like for example I like, like that's a question for example like i i had a, um a neighboring tenant for a while that was a distillery and it like constantly smelled like just old fermented gross stuff um and so there was kind of like some headbutting there. Um and like right now I have like a neighboring church that sings really loud. Uh, but luckily they're only on the weekends, so uh, I don't have to deal with that too much. But it was uh, when we first moved in, we were here on weekends a lot. There's um yeah, it was interesting. That's being mad at a
1: group of people singing. No,
3: like <laughs> it's different, and I, I won't go into like detail, but. They're nice people, but it was just kind of like, okay, it was kind of interesting,
1: Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't have any, I've always been kind of, uh, in a spot where there's not much of anything next to me. So, um, and you own the building, right? I did. I own the building. Yeah. I did have tenants of my own, the antique store, old people that it kind of got sour towards the end um but that was just a really fucking weird situation they called me son all the time <laughs> and they called themselves mom and dad which was really fucking creepy okay um
3: <laughs> yeah like when so, we yeah, were i really didn't i was just gonna say yeah when we were like moving in before we moved into this space we were looking at another one and the owner was like okay yeah you can move in and then she lived out of state though but then she like googled screen printing and then there's like and then she called me she's like you know like, use like chemicals right and i was like well yeah i mean like we use like the most like eco-friendly stuff that we can use uh but then she like backed out because she thought we were like i don't know making chemical weapons or right. something
1: <laughs> you look like a guy who would do yeah. chemical weapons <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> no i don't know andy do you have anything
2: um I've always had a pretty good relationship with, with the landlord. Um, so there aren't really many, many stories there. The only thing I can think of is that when COVID happened, you know, every year we get like a, um, reconciliation of our, our rent. They, they adjust for, um, you know, insurance Your fees. going up and things like that. Yeah. And so I remember when COVID happened, I got that letter. Mm-hmm. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I, you know, we're we're already lucky to be open. And mm-hmm. now you're going to send me this letter that rent is going to be more. So I, I told him yep. that I was going to put him on the news if he if he that did happened that. to me. Like if he <laughs> I, yep. I was like, I was like, there's just no way I'm paying this rent. If you and if you make me. If you increase my rent, in fact, it should be the other way you should be. I should be getting a letter saying that, wow, you you've made it this far. Congratulations. I'm going to I'm not going to raise the rent or or anything, or maybe I'll even discount it.
1: I am the worst, best landlord. Like (laughs) I do anything and everything for my tenants and I'm terrified to raise the rent at all times. Like, I just I feel bad. I'm like, Mm. hey, like, you know, they're so nice and we're friends and it's just so like I don't know when is a good time to walk over and be like, hey, like, I know I said this was the rent like years ago, but I would like more now.
3: (laughs) Right. Can you like maybe give me a little bit
1: more money? Can you maybe give me like 200 more books a month and, you know, pay for this and like stop leaving your air conditioning on full blast all year long? I (laughs) Uh, I
2: poured my heart out into a letter and told him things about ethics and everything like that. He didn't raise the rent that year. Okay. I think yeah. you probably just tacked on more now.
3: <laughs> yeah. I used to be in a multi-tenant <laughs> like building and I was one of the first people there. And our lease was um, like, we didn't have to pay triple nets. Right. Um, mm. But then, yeah, at one point, like halfway through the year, like after a bunch of other people had moved into this building, the landlord reached out and was like, okay, like here's like your reconciliation. You owe us like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a few thousand dollars that I was like, whoa, like, what is this for we've been here for a few years and we've never had to do this before and he's like well everybody else has to do this now and i was like well that doesn't matter like my like they're all on a triple net lease it's not my problem that the previous person put us in here Mm -hmm. and we didn't do a triple net lease so i'm not paying that bill and luckily i didn't have to i
1: think i just need Andy to be my landlord i'll manage Mm. your property for you
2: Oh, you mean right. not not your landlord. You mean your, like do your dirty work?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're just going to like threaten thought- to put them on the news and <laughs> shit.
2: I thought you wanted me to buy your building and then lease it to you. He'll write them a letter oh, about um,
1: ethics and why they I should do pay more rent. I do not want you to be my landlord. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Got anything else, Rodney? Is that the last question?
3: Um, to ish more questions maybe one i just have a quick question okay. about because it's really pertinent to like how we're operating now and that's what do you guys do for like reorders say it's within like one two three maybe a month right but they don't I wish want... you just
1: left it at that what do you guys do for reorders <laughs> what do you guys
3: do for those no <laughs> just like because it's with the auto and everything like that it's it's become a little bit more of a nightmare recently Where somebody places an order and their first order is for the minimum, but then they come back like two weeks later and they're like, hey, we need like six more shirts. And it's like, I'm torn because I'm super thankful that they gave me the business in the first place. And I, it's hard to be like, okay, you know, like you just got to pay the minimum again. So I'm wondering if you guys do anything different at all for people that need to reorder something
1: i feel like we just try to be super honest with them and it's just like dude like you gotta realize like what we have to do to make this happen like right i feel like we try to say like these are the rules like the rule is is that if you're going to place this order um you got to do the minimum order because that's what we need to make everything function correctly in the shop like sure. it's not like we just made up a number and we're like oh let's say our minimum's 18 and then they're like well, I only need six and you're like, all right, shucks, let's just do six. It's right. like, no, like in order for it to even work for us or make it worth doing, like we have to like burn these screens and like print these screens and like, you know, wash them out and dry them and tape them and register them on press and mix inks and all this other stuff. It's like, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. So usually it's like, I, I really want to help you out, but like, realistically you need to hit this minimum
3: sure mm-hmm. um what about you
1: andy i don't know
2: i think um this is a tough one isn't it because it's usually pretty irritating to the customer because they don't understand really even when exactly. you try to explain it they don't get yeah. it um and so generally what we do is sort of what dylan said we try and push we explain the fir- you know at first why it's so difficult we say no and explain why it's so difficult and then Judging on how upset they are, then we will.
1: <laughs> uh, That's our entire think, industry, right. by the way. Yeah.
2: Judging on uh, how
1: pissed off the person we're yeah. talking to are is, you give me a is how you. flexible our rules are. Yeah, because right. then
2: we'll say, okay, well, here's what we can do. And, and what, what the, like the program that we have set up is a reset program. And so, yeah, you can have the shirts for the same price as before. And then we're going to charge you $20 a screen to reset it back up. Okay. Um, however, there are a few exceptions to that because if they're a, a, a great customer, uh, like an, what I would consider an elite or even mm-hmm. a, on a pro oh, level. Oh, yeah. That White are, glove like,
1: customers will do it for, for sure. Yeah, you just do it. Like, oh, okay.
2: so you need six more shirts, done. Yeah. But if it's just for the once a year customer or one-time customer or whatever, then, yeah, you, you explain it. Uh, you know, you do your best to explain why you can't do it. You know, you're going to need to order the minimum. Or, um, okay, fine, you just want six shirts Well, then it's $20 a screen to reset this back up and usually if it's a customer
1: that comes in and wants a one color Mm -hmm. I'll be like whatever just throw it up and fucking print it but if it's like a couple color print and or like multiple size and locations and stuff Mm -hmm. I'm just like yeah, you got to do it
2: You mean you'll throw it up. You're saying if you still have the screen What if you don't still have the screen you'll you'll make a new screen for six shirts.
1: I'm just saying, if the customer's in a pinch and they need six shirts, I'm mm-hmm. way more lenient if it's a one color. Like, oh, okay, so, sure, yeah, throw so it on CTS, fucking whatever. Just put it in rotation, get it out, no big deal. Cool. I, I can't remember who said it, but uh, I've stuck with it forever. Now it's like we're a customer service company first, and a print shop second. You okay? I said so, that. So no, you didn't, <laughs> Andy. Um, uh, you got one more question, and then we'll do shop bags
3: sure um do you guys have any like moments that you were grateful for like in like anybody that like really like threw you a bone or anything like that or like clients or anything that kind of like changed like changed your shop if that makes sense like change your business like every day
1: there's such a fucking cop on Andy (laughs) here's a real one
3: I'm just. Curious. I'm grateful like,
2: to wake up in the morning and. See you just sun. did
1: the. You just did the like Miss America like, and God bless America. <laughs> <And> God. <laughs> like it's like you fucking check the box on that bullshit. Give me a real one.
2: Um. So. So grateful for. You're saying for like an like an a, a, order we got. Let's say or maybe like anything. It, like
3: it could be like a business like did something like above and beyond for you or a vendor. Hmm. Did something or. A big a big client that you know like your first like giant job that like something like that
1: i feel like i have uh, a bunch of those
3: really you're grateful to, to customers yeah.
2: like specifically yeah, i have to, a bunch of them like okay so what are a couple i don't know
1: like just massive customers like uh one was i told that story before about me and chris going when we were still in the garage to meet with the fucking new york mets and like the dude who was in charge of that saw like saw through us and knew what we were and knew what size shop we were was gonna give us the business anyway because he fucking loved us and then when they couldn't give us the business because they were like going bankrupt that year the mets it also owned like a ton of other companies and like all those companies are obviously smaller than the mets as far as like what they order mm-hmm. And, like, he threw us all those orders just because he was, like, I fucking love you guys and, like, want to, like, give you stuff. And, like, that opened the door for us to, like, a ton of, like, really good big clients. Um, Like, that's one. But, like, there's other things, too. Like, the I never thought or necessarily wanted to be in the trade world as far as, like, you know, carpentry and electrical and, like, all this other stuff. But, like, we do a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all because i became buddies with some of the guys that are like the new wave this old house and like they just fucking sang our name to the to everybody right. so they were like oh these guys rule like go here and like now we do a fuckload of it and it's like they didn't i didn't they didn't have to do that at all they were just like good dudes that we did good shit for and they were just like pushed it out there hard or just like jane and jerry who like basically let us have our first like the garage shop that we started in Mm -hmm. was rent free. They were just like, yeah, use our place. It's, it's available for you. And like, she fucking baked pies and shit for us. And that's awesome. Like I wouldn't be where I am today. If like they didn't, I didn't have that space to start in. True. So there's a lot of shit like that for me. That's just like, and it, it happens every day. I love every customer that we have and they're all amazing to us.
3: (laughs) Exactly.
2: Um, some standouts. I don't know. I think that, um, i just maybe have some general gratefulness that i'm able to um just have i guess my health to to mm-hmm. to come here every day and you know p- put all of that energy because it i used to it's it's not like that anymore but for for to get started here i just left it all here every single day like mm-hmm. i would I would barely get home you know sure and have enough to just to get myself some a little something to eat and go to bed because you know and that's that's what it took uh for us and for me and um i there was a a tremendous amount of sacrifices to get there you know i worked 80 hour weeks and everything like that and so i'm just grateful to be able to do that because if i didn't then um i wouldn't have everything i wouldn't have that life that i have now and so Um, I think in doing that, uh, there was a lot of customers that that came along and um, that we did a good job for, whether it was just a a small order or a large order that told, you know, their friends or their Mm -hmm. colleagues or or associates or whatever that just spread the word that we did a good job every single one of those, because that's how we grew so fast. And early on is just that kind of what Dylan said is that we were a customer service company that happened to print shirts. And so we took care of people and I'm grateful for, um, the community. And that's why I love giving back to it is that they really, um, accepted us and went to bat for us all the time. Like people would just call, they say, Hey, I need to talk to Andy. And so I would answer the phone they say, I heard you, you know, um, print good shirts. And uh, then all of a sudden, there was an order. You know, like it's crazy to think that when we first started, I would have what I would have given for a, a hundred piece order. And that now sure. they just show up. You know, like yeah. you just get an email or a phone call, and they're like, "Hey, we need a hundred shirts." And you're like, it's crazy to think that it just comes to your doorstep now instead of having to go get it. Yeah, that's so why I'm grateful for all that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Woo!
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, Do you have any shop hacks?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. Um, so one I'm not too sure. You're so
1: fucking prepared. Hey,
3: you're you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one I'm not too sure if anybody has, has said this, and I was trying to think about. I was walking through the shop the other day, and I don't know if it's been brought up before. If it has, I don't remember it. But I was thinking about something that I didn't learn until recently, like two ish years ago. That kind of like was like an aha moment so i'm going to say it just because if there's anybody else listening that doesn't know this i hope you say i hope you say baby wipes <laughs> baby wipes <laughs> yes and magic erasers yeah. <laughs> no um so quick scenario is you have printed a bunch of hoodies and your pallets are covered in lint and you need to set up another hoodie job but your center line you can't see it anymore or it's really hard to see because all that lint build up and you're not going to like change the palette tape. Uh, I used to just like Sharpie on top of that, like the best that I could. And then like, I was like in a shop at one point or not. I wasn't in a shop. I was working at this old shop and the printer there in that scenario, I was like trying to like reg the, the screen and, trying to get my center marks in and I couldn't see very well. And he was like, why don't you like put a piece of tape down? And so that was like my aha moment that for whatever reason, I never thought of that. And that's like, if you guys know, you just like take a, like your white screen tape or like white masking tape and like put one edge all the way down your board as your center line. And then you can just like throw your one color print, hit your center dots and lock it in and be good to go. Mm Mm-hmm so, that was just one thing that I...
1: That's, that works?
3: Yeah. No, it was just something that I, I, for whatever reason, never thought of. Like, I would literally, like, okay, I can't see my center line anymore. And I would, like, peel the tape off or peel the pallet uh, paper up. And I'm just going to put, like, new hoodies on it anyway. So, it was a waste of time. But uh, my other <laughs> my other hack, uh, something that I came up with because, like, with supply chain issues, right? So, my background in college is uh, I have a computer science minor and so I was like getting really frustrated with shortages and now that like the supply chain seems to be like somewhat better but we were, I'm still having to hop around I don't know about you guys but I'm still having to hop around to multiple vendors because of, like one size is out you know yeah. so like I'm, sure. I'm I'm noticing like oh I need like these neutral Bellas or whatever and they have like a bunch in stock but they're out of XLs but so then I have to like hop to like the next site or the next site or the next site. So what I did is I wrote this little program. And I'm thinking about like putting it on my site to like share it with people, but there might be a little bit of maintenance for it for like other people to use. But I wrote this program, and it's pretty cool. Like what it is you just go to a URL and there's just a, a key box and you can type in a model number, say like a 6210. And what happens when you click enter is it opens up that product. In all of my vendors. So what it'll do is I have one tab in like Chrome. I type in like you know the model number thirty six hundred, and then it automatically opens up uh, Sandmar, SNS, Alpha. Opens up all of those tabs for me, and then it goes to like that really? page. Yeah.
1: So what we're gonna do? What we're gonna <laughs> do is we're gonna have Chad cut this part out. You just <laughs> want to send that to me and Andy. <laughs>
3: just you guys. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right, I don't right, know. Like, right. I, I, All right, so yeah. so
1: Rodney, you have no shop hacks. You were not prepared.
3: Nope. No shop um, hacks, guys.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Uh, let's go on to the next
3: thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was unprepared. That's a really,
2: really <laughs> good one because you're right. I mean, it takes there's a lot of time spent trying to find a shirt, mm-hmm. and if you're telling me that you just enter it in and it and it crawls or somehow. Yep. You know goes to five or six or whatever vendors you have mm-hmm. it set up to go to yeah well, yeah i'm trying to do it for... For... Does it just
1: open like does it just open like whatever it is like three or four new tabs yep. with those on it
3: yeah so if you and i'm working on it right now to where i can like have the vendor sites like listed below where you enter in the model number to like put like some check boxes mm-hmm. there so that like for example like searching for a 4500 by independent well they're not carried at all the vendors, right? So it's like, it just opens right, up those tabs right, right. and goes to nothing. But for most of our stuff that we're looking for, yeah, what it'll do is it'll type in the bottom You model know, number. you're going
1: to need to like hit this immediately because everyone's going to be asking you for it. And if it's yeah. not fucking up to their standards, you're going to be screwed. So
3: I, I mean, I yeah. I mean, if people are interested, <laughs> feel free to send me a DM and I'll, I'll see if I can help you out. It, it's not hard to use. I just don't know you know and everybody's like computer systems and the browsers that they're using are using a little bit different but um i'll send you guys a video if you want um i'll dm me a video yeah, me using me. It. Defi- i
1: definitely want to check it out
3: so it, it's pretty cool sure. it's been helpful um so just to be able to like yeah you know, type in 3001 it pulls that up in all of your sites it, it's pretty helpful to just be able to to bounce around and look at that That's item awesome.
1: quickly good job dude for real thank you um, you ready for some quick takes? Yeah, um, let's so ready. do it.
3: Okay.
2: What is one thing that helps you get through the day?
3: Ooh. Uh, I mean, like the cop out answer is coffee, um, because I I do need that every day, which is weird because I'm already pretty energetic, but for whatever reason I need that to like focus. But uh, truly, that would be my dogs. Uh, like. Those animals bring so much joy and happiness Dog and time. stress relief into my life. So, yeah, just my dogs. Nice. Uh, test the waters or dive in the deep end? Ooh, uh, dive in the deep end. I feel like I tested the waters for a long time, so I, I'm trying to just go all in right now. Right. You're fucking YOLO now. I yeah, get it. YOLO. <laughs> I mean, why not?
2: You said this earlier, but we didn't give you the other option, but two presses or ten presses?
3: Two. Yeah. Two. Ten just sounds like... Two. ah. I've I've only been in a shop with with two. I'd love to check out one that has more, but yeah, that's just a whole other level of production that I don't think I want to be involved in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You only have to hire another 35 people. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) No big deal. Uh I'm going to trade out my question for two questions cuz my favorite one is not in here. Uh first question, right or left-handed?
3: Right-handed. Okay.
1: Do you wish you were left-handed?
3: Why? Uh, no, I don't, no. I'm just, my mom's just left-handed, just but no, I'm right-handed. And no, I I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: dick um, Yeah, like
2: uh, <laughs> god I, I, I think about that every day I wish I was just left handed I mean that would be the best uh, yeah. so is no, it my turn to ask? no it's not to see. I got a two parter like, I yeah, okay. prefaced
1: with a two parter hmm. um, <laughs> do you have any uh, shows or movies you're watching right now
3: or anything you saw recently that's awesome I'm big into TV and movies so oh um, yes yeah, I just, uh, I just finished Catching Up on the Righteous Gemstones. I don't know if you've watched mm-hmm. that. It's pretty hilarious. Way yeah. too
2: long of a name. Way too long of a title.
3: No, nope, it's awesome. Sort of Check it out. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yes. Uh, also watching two shows that are similar right now, um, The Wilds and Yellow Jackets. So I'm watching both of those. Mm, I haven't seen those. They're like people get like, crane or sorry crane uh plane crashes and they're like trapped on an island and they have to survive type of thing or crash in the mountains but mm. they're both pretty so good lost
1: yeah i have a really bad yeah i don't know
3: they're all right they're, they're pretty good it's so probably
1: far. it's probably why my brain blocked them out completely when i saw them Yeah. TV. but then hey, did i
3: mention
2: i in, in case i didn't uh i have to mention prey i might have mentioned that last week i don't know, yeah. If yeah. I, did oh, know I haven't know, watched that but, yet okay well well Was for it good? sure it was so good, yeah. Pred- okay. so it's, it's, it's like it's, it's the new Predator that. It's good place. if you like
1: Predator movies. Sure. It's yeah. I like I love Predator, and I mean it's just one of those things like the marketing buzz on it is like best Predator movie ever. Right. And yeah. it's like no, dude, it's not say, the best say that. Predator movie. I just ever. said it's really. I'm not really saying good. you said that. It is really good. The marketing am Not suggested. knocking what Andy's saying. I'm just saying the marketing's like mm. better than any other. Pre- it's like, dude, it's not like if it's a like different Predator movie. It's a good Predator movie but it's not nothing beats the first yeah one and then itself. i'm
3: stoked for house um, of dragon when that comes out i'm stoked to start watching that yeah so
1: and lord of the rings
3: lord of the Rings yeah lord of the rings yeah you just went and saw beast real quick how Maybe was that well. i'm curious
1: it was good but not as good as i thought it was going to be okay. it's not ghost Dang. in the darkness
3: all right i was kind of hoping i was like it looks kind of cheesy but i was like it could be good so i don't know it's good it's
1: worth watching it's just one of those movies where you know how like obviously the way you tell a story is like you have to sprinkle in some things so they can call back to it at the end and be sure. like oh that's why they did it this way mm-hmm. they just so blatantly pushed out like this one thing okay. and the whole you know you know the ending in the movie immediately you're like uh, okay. oh sure. like that's what they're gonna do and it's just like i don't know for me there was just like it was cool but like
3: yeah i don't know i, don't know. I would have kind of low expectations for it but i just like kind of those creature feature movies so
1: oh yeah yeah creature yeah. movies well that was one thing like like i said with the sasquatch stuff for me is it's like this whole movie obviously was cgi like all sure. the lions were cgi it's like if they kept the same title same setting same everything but replaced the cgi tiger or lion mm-hmm. with a sasquatch <laughs>
0: it would have been, awesome. been
2: awesome awesome <laughs> <Sick>. cool <laughs> <laughs> um, uh all right. it's my it's my turn and i am gonna ask uh what your favorite snack is and have you two-part question what's your favorite snack and have you heard of that snoop dog has a new cereal coming out
3: i love cereal um but no i have not heard that Snoop Dogg is. Do you know? Do you Dylan, don't, it, just, don't, don't, Snoop, don't say Don't just, say Snoop-los or something. Are they? just? Are they oh, just close. You're close. Are they just? Are they just mini blunts
1: say. that you put in milk?
3: Like no. Snoop, you ready? Snoop Snoop what Loops? the name is? You ready? You got
0: it. All Holy right. Shit, Snoop Blues.
2: Snoop, <laughs> Snoop <Loops>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So stupid.
2: <laughs> so good. No, so, <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's I, just like it's just
1: fucking like like resin and bong water.
2: That's all it is. <laughs> With some marshmallows. Um, <laughs> final uh, question. Yeah, go for it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, I was snack. gonna say like
3: my favorite snack. I don't know. Like I so. Um, no, no. Whatever's I, like, left on yeah, your mustache later yeah, in the day. Yeah, I just like <laughs> store things there all day. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just like like chips, like, chips and salsa, man. Chips and salsa all day. That's like my favorite. Can't thing. go wrong. Yeah, that's my go-to. I feel that. Can't go wrong at all.
2: And then, so what do you have for dinner tonight?
3: Dinner tonight. Uh, So, I probably am going to go get, like, a massive burrito somewhere. So, yeah. There's, like, a new Mm -hmm. taco truck in town that, like, is doing really good work. So, it's probably where I'm going to go. So, big burrito fan.
1: I wish we had more food trucks.
3: It's, like, a a a huge thing in Salem, for sure. Yeah, we have, like, multiple food truck pods now. It's not, like, a a big city, but it's definitely the trend right
1: now what about you guys there's a netflix there's a netflix documentary out right now called street food that they were saying that portland has like a massive amount of uh food trucks
3: it's gnarly like it's hard to decide there's so many it's it's pretty wild it's awesome
2: dylan can you do me a favor and say that word one more time what was it a docu what
1: documentary
2: Ah, the documentary.
3: Yeah.
2: The documentary. Okay, yeah. Hey. Um fuck you. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I, t- I watched a documentary. thanks for chatting with yeah, us no today. <laughs> oh,
3: what did you see? I was uh it's called see? the Alpinite, uh, the Al-, Al Oh, no. The Alpinist. Oh, Alpinist. the Alpinist, Alpinist. Did you guys see that yeah. one yet? That was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I started it. Was, it it yeah. was stressful, but it
3: was good. What well, what do you I guys have you started for dinner? 14 peaks? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Chicken pot pie. Okay, sounds good. you homemade or a frozen deal? Oh yeah, frozen. Mm.
2: Uh, me, I am solo tonight. Oh, the bachelor. So Hey-o. I'm going to have. Um, I think I have a frozen depression. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a, I'm a frozen have a, depression. Uh, <laughs> a, pot, a pot of depression. Mm. Uh, Running. Thank you for chatting. Running with water. Us. And <laughs> what are you having yeah. for dinner? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I thought I was going to have <laughs> this. Uh, I got this thing at Trader Joe's. It's a frozen, mm. like, um, what do you call it? Like potatoes, um, um, loaded potato thing. Okay, cool. So that's the best way I can describe Sweet. it. So like a twice like baked that. potato? No, it's their it's not a potato like one potato it's it's like many a, chunks like a, of potatoes like a they're called french fries You <laughs> <laughs> means French fries oh yeah is that what they are I don't know
1: <laughs> they are these potato things're like cut up in like kind of like these little chunks and you bake
2: them mm-hmm. I never good. heard of it well it mm-hmm. sounds
1: good though they're French
2: can't ah. wait
3: cool oh, dude, thanks All right, thanks, Ronnie. Guys. thanks for
1: coming on this man
3: yeah i appreciate it guys truly sure. and uh good having you. yeah fun. you guys doing this for the community is really cool and bringing people together is awesome so i appreciate it and thank thanks, you man yeah, oh.
1: we appreciate you we'll see you later we will see yeah.
2: you in long beach it sounds like
3: no uh, we'll see him uh, print at Hustlers. uh print oh Hustlers. yeah yeah oh yeah cool that's right look mm. forward to it guys fort worth yep sick
1: thanks dude we'll see you later
3: later guys